Let's Roll. This is Counter Charge, your podcast for ranks, flanks, and kings of war. as they delve into the world of Panathor and bring you worldwide coverage of all things Kings of War. Welcome to Countercharge. This is Kyle Timberlake. I'm Tyler Schultz. And I'm Jeremy Duvall. Welcome! Excited to be here today with my two fellow brothers from different sci-fi mothers to do <laughs> uh, our first official Forge Father faction review right fellas it's not an army review there are they are faction i'm very excited to have you guys today this is gonna be great yeah i'm excited to be here love forge fathers so let's do this thing and as many of you know i have uh downshifted and left the sneaky space elves to tyler and now i have shifted to the gloriousness of forge fathers for my adepticon army list before we get into the army review we're gonna do a little hobby update so i know tyler why don't you bring us uh uh up to date you have been working on some Asterians. Is that still what you're working on? Yes, at the moment. I am working on a bunch of Asterians. I know I had painted some marionettes last time, but now I'm up to like 40-something at least, plus the drones and all that. Uh, and then I've got to paint some tanks and spectras, so I'm kind of saving all the fun stuff for after I slog through the infantry, which honestly is not that much of a slog. I really do like the marionette models. They're really fun to build because they, they're all ball joints. So you can really get a lot of fun dynamic poses. Like for being a bunch of marionette puppet guys, like they all look unique and different. Like they all have different kind of style and movement to them. And so uh, that's what, that's been really fun to do. Yes, I'm, I'm greatly expanding my Asterian army at the moment. But also I, I told you I was in a big Veerman kick and I may or may not have bought a whole ridiculous amount of Veerman slash Ratkin. So I'm going to be delving into the world of Ratkin for Kings of War and also greatly expanding my Veerman, but that'll be coming soon. So I'm trying to crank out the Asterians before that happens, and then I also need to make a decision before Adepticon of what I'm actually going to bring uh, to all the events, because I have absolutely no idea at this moment. So that's kind of what I've been up to. Just a lot of Asterians with Veerman quickly coming over the horizon. And that's awesome. That's the cool thing about doing Ratkin and Kings, right? Is that you have lots of bits and extra pieces to work on your Veerman army too. So that's like interesting that you can kind of work on both at the same time, right? Yeah, I kind of want, I don't know, in my head, I, I don't have the, the Rat Kitten models with me yet, but I will soon. And then in my head, I'm, I'm kind of thinking I want to do kind of a universal basing across, you know, my Veerman and my Ratkin. And then hopefully I can magnetize certain units and things like, especially like nightmares. So guys that can be on single bases or they can be part of a horde or something because you know a lot of the a lot of the like spear warriors and stuff they don't really translate to veermen so i don't have to really worry about them but there's other things that for sure i'd like to be able to use in both settings um especially my super cool mutant rat fiends that's on the top of my list that's really the reason why i'm doing this whole army is because i like those models so much and because i'm so happy with how they turned out so i kind of want to do i'm thinking kind of like a snowy city kind of basing uh, cool. I, I bought some of that. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever seen this stuff, but the it's made by Green Stuff World, and it's it's called Liquid Frost. No, and, no, I have not seen. But I like I like their their rollers, their texture rollers, and a lot of their products. But I have not seen the Liquid Frost. 
Okay, check out a YouTube video of liquid frost because it is it's basically this crazy chemical reaction where you, you, you basically just like paint it on, it looks like gloss coat, but then it contracts and kind of pulls together and then it forms essentially what looks just like frost on your window. It's kind of like a, a really quick way to do that effect without having to spend a whole bunch of time. And since I have so many Veerman models and so many Ratkin models coming, I need to figure out a way to do this pretty quickly. A video will say a million words on this one. If you if you watch the video and then it's it's just mind blowing how how good the frost effect actually looks when it's done and it's basically zero effort. You just like slap it on there and then it just happens. Yeah, I just looked up a couple of pictures. That does look really cool. Yeah, it looks good on like on grass it looks good on just the ground it's yeah it's not snow it's frost it's like it it looks like frost and so i I just want to mess with that and so i ordered some of that stuff on the way just to kind of help me with the idea of getting this whole army together but i'm really excited i'm in like hobby overdrive i'm super pumped for adepticon so i've been trying to crank out as much stuff as i possibly can even if i'm not going to take it all i've got the i've got the mojo right now and speaking of Adepticon, have you decided which what events you're going to sign up for? I'm signed up for Armada Firefight, obviously. That's why we're here. Uh, and then I did the Kings of War two-day. Couldn't squeeze Dead Zone in there, but I'm sure I'll get tons of pickup games with lots of people um, that I haven't seen in years and years. So I, I can't wait to do that. But in terms of events, it's going to be Armada Firefight. And, and, and what are you bringing for Firefight? Great question, Jeremy. <laughs> Nobody knows. <laughs> One that you do not know the answer to yet, I guess. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, uh, I have, there's lots of time. Lots of time. I can crank out two full armies in that time, you know? This is true. Just to bring it back to Forge Fathers, basically last year I did like 5,000 points of Forge Fathers. I, I rebased, repainted my entire force. So now it it's essentially completely done. The only units I don't really have are... I don't own half tracks. I don't own I don't own half tracks, artificers, or hammer fist drop troopers. And other than that, I have like every single thing that you could possibly want for Forge Fathers. So nice. I'm kind of Forge Fathered out from last year. I might make a video actually to try to go in con- conjunction with this army or faction review. I can I think that'd be kind of fun. Uh, just to kind of show them off because I've never put them all on the same table. So I'd like to do that. And then, yeah, we'll go from there. And sounds like a lot of people might be bringing Forge Fathers to Adepticon. So I'll probably lean away from that. I want to be I want to be that that other guy. That uh, you want to be your special snowflake. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Forge Fathers are the coolest. So, I mean, it makes yeah. Sense. <laughs> well, what about you, Kyle? What have you been up to hobby wise? Well, uh, first of all, to go back to the Veerman real quick. If you guys want to save a lot of money, yeah, just buy a progenitor and a broodmother and a large hunk of corporation issue cheese. Put that in the closet for a couple of weeks. You get tons of vermin after that, right? And then your so, army will multiply. Really easy way of making a lot of vermin. It's got to be uh, that government block cheese, though. Yeah, yeah. Saying. Uh, corporation issue, please. There's no governments in the. Okay, that's right. Sorry. In the in the, the galactic co-prosperity sphere. All right. So recently, I got uh, three friends into Dead Zone, and they were, like two of them already bought in. One's vermin, and the other one's doing nameless. And uh, my friend who's doing nameless is like, so firefight, nameless, firefight, name. I'm like, uh, not yet. I don't know. You know, Maison's coming out. <laughs> Hold up. <laughs> so, Mantic, if you're listening, it's especially Ronnie, if uh, you want to make a nameless army, I definitely have one person 100% in <laughs> to play firefight with nameless. So, I've been teaching them the game, uh, which has motivated me to start finish up painting all my dead zone forge father stuff because I, I painted a batch of it and then uh kings of war like tournament season started up again so i was busy with that and now i'm in the middle of wrestling season and i just got back from a 
two day tournament in like central California. So I'm, you know, I'm, a lot of starts and stops right now, but at the end of February, right around when River to Steel starts, uh, I'll be back in full time hobby mode. But uh, I'm also building an ogre model, uh, army with the new ogre plastics, which are absolutely fantastic. I'm just doing a lot of conversions. I want I want to hit all the paint rubric stuff. You know, I want to <laughs> do some freehand, do some conversions, do some get cool all those stuff. box checked. Yeah, and it, and it's not so much like I'm not. I'm not trying to chase chase the dream of being first in paint or even close to that. Uh, there's so many people out there who are who are and will always be better than me. But for me, my thing's always I love theme. If I have a really cool theme to my army and people come up and they can see what my theme is and they can see I did extra little stuff that makes that theme coagulate better, that's that's what I like the most. When people come out and just comment about, oh, I love this, I love that, that's the best part of the hobby. Besides crushing your enemies and seeing them driven before you and hearing the lamentation of their women. Mm-hmm. Obviously, obviously, obviously first. Yeah. yeah, obviously. Yeah. That's Gus first. Well, we got to get ready for that. You know, uh, the Riddle of Steel is just around the corner. Uh, yeah, and uh, if you guys want to go, I th- it's not sold out yet, but it's really close to, if not already. So if you're on the fence, now's the time to uh, talk to Rashad. Definitely. And it's a very friendly, if you want to travel in, we've had people from all over come to Riddle of Steel. So we'll take care of you. Uh, amazing event held held at the, uh, as I call it, the Chateau de Hokum in, in Orange County. Very great event. The entry fee is 50 bucks, but what that gets you is amazing price support. All your food is provided for the entire weekend. It's a really, really, truly awesome event. Well, what about and you, also, Jeremy? What have you been up to hobby-wise? Well, before I get into that, I have to tell Kyle, Rob Fanuff is very mad that you're not going to Adepticon. Yeah, I, I listened I to the podcast like, uh, <laughs> about so that. I was kind of behind my podcast listening, so it was like three days ago I listened to that podcast, and I get called out by Rob Fanuff, and I'm like, oh, wow, I feel attacked. And it was funny because Tyler sent me a message like a week ago was like hey you coming to adepticon i'm like no like, i don't think i've told anybody that like why would you think that like oh because <laughs> i've been named and shamed <laughs> yeah every every when we just recorded another road to adepticon and again rob was like uh why is kyle not coming and i was like well he's wrestling with men and, yeah. <laughs> and rob was like okay that makes sense <laughs> i have many children i'm in charge of and yes generally society frowns upon you just abandoning them uh yeah you know so uh, i yeah. know when in Rome, right? <laughs> You know, <laughs> well, I've been assembling Forge Fathers, as as Kyle knows, because I've sent him many pictures of where does this go? What the is best this? Kind of pictures, you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, instead, they're they're nudes, but nudes of uh, uh, miniatures <laughs> <Yeah>. unassembled. <laughs> they're gray nudes, <laughs> uh, just because I'm. Uh, uh, when I was in Texas, I didn't have my rule book or any pictures, so I was like putting together a bunch of stuff over the holidays. And was just asking Kyle like where everything's at. So I'm finally just about have all my hobby space uh, unpacked and ready to go. Uh, so that's really what I'm working on now is getting everything assembled. Kyle sent me in my list. I'm taking two Iron Ancestors that we'll talk about. One regular one and one one of the special patterns. So thank you, Kyle. I got the one that you sent me in the mail. Perfect. So I, I owe you any service of your choice. Wink, wink. Whatever you need. Woo! <laughs> hey, did you, how, how did the baklava uh, end up too being shipped? Sorry, what? Uh, I had baklava in there too. There's a Greek dessert. Um, I'll have to go back and look in the box. 
All right. Well, again, okay. <laughs> there were some homemade I, Greek desserts in there. Oh, man. Okay. Maybe, maybe uh, FedEx ate them. I don't know. Okay. I'll have to go back and take a look again because I was so excited with the box. I was like, oh, ah, <laughs> so I'm going to be trying to put that stuff together. I haven't done much priming yet because, as many of you have probably seen in the news, California is a lake at the moment. So it has been just pouring rain. I don't know how it's been down by you in, in, in Southern California, but Northern California has just been an absolute rainstorm for like yeah, two sure weeks. You're getting more than we are, but it's still, uh, I can't smoke meats. It's been weeks now since I'm able to smoke meats. And this is, oh man, how are you staying even, oh, yeah, yeah, even how are you... your life without smoking? I, 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 I don't know what to do myself. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what i'm working on I, i'm getting everything assembled as i've mentioned on the road to adepticon episode series i am doing uh i'm gonna do contrast paints but i am doing them the brinton williams style that he's been doing on his marauders which is the normal kind of contrast is to prime with an off-white I'm priming black as normal, and then I'm just doing Xenothel. So I'm going to prime it black, dry brush it gray, and then dry brush it white on all the extreme areas of highlight. Then use the contrast paints because the end result you get is a little bit more dark and gritty, which I think for sci-fi works really well. Yeah, that's a super popular method lately. I think they they, they gave it the, a silly name, the Slap Chop, I'm pretty sure. There's like a name for that style. Yeah, yeah, they're calling it Slap Chop for whatever reason, but it's kind of sticking, and I don't know. Okay, well, I'm going to Slap Chop it. There you go. Some people love the name, some people hate it. It's it's kind of a controversy for some reason. Just well, like, um, It might be because, uh, one, it may be, I don't know, people, people always get controversy, but th- you remember the Slap Chop guy? Oh, yeah, he's... For the infomercials? Yeah. He, he he's in prison. What's the word with, like, all the people who do, like, the slap chop and the, like, uh, sham wow? All those guys are, like, cokehead money launderers. Yeah, well, that was actually the same guy. Sham wow oh, was and, the same guy? <laughs> and slap okay. chop was the same Well, then there you go. <laughs> yeah, and then the other dude, Billy Mays, definitely died of a cocaine heart attack. So. Okay. <laughs> and he was the one where it's, like, the hole in the boat guy, right? No, no, that, that's a different guy. <laughs> no, that's, he that's showed up stuff. after the other guy died. He was like, okay. I, I got a, sw- a slot to fill. It's okay. like the Avengers of Hucksters. <laughs> yeah, I guess yeah. so. Uh-huh. But so I'm going to use the slap chop because when I was in San Diego in November when I and early December when I was like going on my walkabout and I spent a week with Brent, Brenton in uh, San Diego, he showed me some of his marauders that he was working on and they looked amazing. I mean, Brenton's such an amazing painter. I was just like... Wow, when I tried contrast points, contrast paints, they didn't look like this. What what is what did you do? And then he's like, Oh, I've I still prime them black and da 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 da. So that's the the paint style I'm gonna try to use. And then I have a bunch of snow pre-made bases that I had bought when I was down in San Diego at Eddie's games. So I'm gonna use those. So it's gonna be kind of a traditional snow rubble type base, but I'm going for color scheme wise, I'm gonna do kind of inspired by Dark Angels. So I'll have uh, all my regular guys green, and then all, all my forge guard are going to be uh, kind of white ivory. So there is kind of like regular Dark Angels and Deathwing. You know, I, I, I approve of this 100%. I think it's cool. You know, I mean, I, I'm trying to get the Forge Fathers done in time for Adepticon, and really, I, I want a functioning army, and maybe eventually I'll paint one to my highest standard. But for Forge Fathers, I'm really trying to do something a little bit more uh, fast. So in, in regards to color scheme, I was just like, okay, what's a... And then also, too, 
I know that there's good, there's a million tutorials about how to paint Dark Angel stuff. So if I'm just going to use that color scheme as inspiration and then do some tweaks, I feel like time-wise, that's going to be efficient to get done in time for Adepticon. Yeah, and the good news about trying to paint Forge Brothers quickly is that they're all armored. So once you yeah, get them the kind of down, yeah, you can like yeah. crank them out. Yeah, so I'm hoping that I'll be able to get them out pretty quick and in time for the event because I'm going to be using for the team tournament and the clash. I'm going to be playing with Rob's Ogres. So essentially, my Empire of Dust is on hold. I've gotten a bunch of it done, and it's still going to be my next like high high painted army, and still hoping to take it the Masters if I qualify. I still got to qualify. So, uh, but uh, for Riddle of Steel, I'm using Britain's Undead uh, that can flex as EOD, and he's adding a couple pieces. So very thankful to him and then at adepticon so for adepticon basically the only thing i have to get ready is is the firefight stuff so which is what only you... a thousand points so that's oh well like, yeah which have you updated... it's like six models <laughs> yeah have you updated your list for for rob tyler since you sent him a 1500 point list for his gcps he's very impatiently waiting for you to update the list he's got to take to akon uh, the quick answer is no. I mean, he could also be an adult and read the book. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't even know what I'm bringing, let alone okay. trying to figure I'll out what he's bringing. So Rob, I'll, okay. Have yeah. you not learned? Have you Rob, not learned this lesson yet? Rob, Rob can be a little impatient. I don't know. <laughs> also, I want him to. I want him to to paint fifteen hundred points worth just so he has it. You know, that way he's not yeah. like, oh well, I got well, all this. I got all these salamanders. I got to do. Oh, poor me. You know, I don't I don't want him to, to go down the pity train. So, well, that's like a train, you know, like when you're training with weights or whatever, and then you take them off for the actual event, like, oh, this is really easy. So it should be like you train for harder than what you're actually going to need for an event. So when you do the event, it's not as bad. Exactly. So, so basically, I'm wise and Robinson. That's true. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Well, awesome. So we're going to take a quick break. And on the other side, we're going to get into the Forge Fathers Army Review. We will be right back. I'm Andy2D6, the Orange Legend, and you're listening to Counter Charge. Get ready to charge those counters. Hello, this is Duncan Rhodes from the Duncan Rhodes Painting Academy, and I hope you're about to apply a second thin coat just there whilst you're listening to Counter Charge. Okay, we are back. So what I love to do first, uh, whenever I'm doing an army review or faction review, you know, whatever game system, I love hearing, and Nick Brooks asks us, so what's the elevator pitch for playing these guys? And is being Ronnie's favorite faction automatically make them the best? So I, I love asking that question, like, we're in the elevator. Give me the elevator pitch of why would you want to play Forge Fathers? So, uh, Kyle, why don't you go first? Uh, you play Forge Fathers because Forge Fathers is the best, coolest, they're the tallest, and uh, they have the most gold. So that's that's why you, you do One that. of those things is not true, but uh, <laughs> I'll let you figure out which yeah, one yeah. <laughs> You figure it out and then come back. But uh, to be a bit more serious, the for, for me, Forge Fathers, I always... Love the idea of space dwarves. I mean, I got into 40k long after the uh, squats were eaten by Tyranids, uh, sad times, and before these new imposters that GW brought along. So I like the the high technology, high armor, sharp eyed shooting uh, style that uh, the Forge Fathers have, as well as as we go through the units too. They kind of have a unit for everything. You know, do you want to do close combat? Got it. Heavy armor? Got it. Tanks? Got you know. 
they'll you know they the only thing they're missing is a flyer but our space dragon god gave us two legs to walk upon the earth that he made for us to crack open and take all the minerals why do we need to fly just drop me on the planet and i'll take all my stuff yeah i think a, a similar similar answer to that question is basically i think even more so than pretty much any other faction forge fathers rely on their aesthetics probably more than the rest i feel like if you love the way that a space dwarf looks this is like the ideal version of a space dwarf if that gets you excited if that makes you want to play then this is the faction that you want to be playing they like like kyle said they have a toolbox that is vast so they have tons of tons of units that can all kind of do different things they have really cool vehicles and then yeah they're, they're all about that they're all about that high quality low quantity of like shots and stuff like that so if you want your shots to matter if you really like you know not volume of attacks but quality this is this is your faction yeah and one of the things i love too most about forge fathers and it's something which is so great about the firefight universe is that the lore is really cool i really love the forge father lore hailing from the fire still raging at the center of the universe and armed to the teeth with weapons and armor beyond the ken of most other races, come the mighty Forge Fathers, experts at all aspects of metallurgy, mining, smelting, forging, and engineering. The Forge Fathers have a plan to make use of every iota of creation. More than a plan, a destiny every world every moon every star and everything in between all of it exists for a reason all of it was breathed into existence by the mighty dragon Ferengir at the dawn of time and all of it is for the forge fathers to work it may well take them countless eons to get to all of it. The dwarves are painstakingly thorough, but get to it they will, and Ferengir take anyone who tries to stand in their way. I mean, is that something that, that resonates with you guys too? Is the, 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 the lore of the Forge Fathers? Well, yeah, well, Kyle brings it up every single time that we talk. So, yeah. You must know. <laughs> God said so. God said everything is ours. You're just in the way. It's all ours. God said so. If you want to think about and, it, we're kind of like the dragon. Yeah. <laughs> the Forge Fires are kind of like the uh, Holy Paladin sci fi version of, you know, our God said we're supposed to be here. So we're the good guys. If you go against us, you're the bad guys. Yeah, it's a little Dave's <laughs> Volt action. Yeah. Right? God, God, God wills it. Well, our God's infallible. So it's you guys who are screwing up. Okay. But something else I really like about the lore is that it, it really kind of explains why they're good at what they do. Like the, the long lifespans thing really helps explain why their technology is so superior, why their military is so well conducted, because you know, even if you're not going to be a lifelong soldier in a Forge Father army, you're you're going to be in the army for a while because, you know, for them, a couple decades worth of experience is kind of like, oh, yeah, it's like a couple of years of being in the army. So instead of, you know, guys who have only been in the army for a couple years, they've been in there for decades and then their technology is just awesome. And so I think I think it's a really well thought out like style of faction. And I'm also happy that they're not above selling their tech to other 
uh, yeah. factions. I think that's a cool thing that that really makes it feel like it's part of this universe in particular. Is like, yeah, they're still business guys at the end of the day. Like they they might think the ultimate goal is to take this planet and crack it and do all that stuff, but like the means to do so means we're going to wheel and deal as well, which I think is really neat. I also mm. like too that they have the different like clans or factions within their their race. So it's not just that one unified forward thinking thing. Well, I think a lot of fantasy dwarves, especially, they kind of have like a everyone thinks the same or they'll have like some friction, but it won't be that much. It's there is more politics in the Forge Father universe in the end of the day. Like that's they are unified in the fact that they're all, you know, it's us versus them in a way, but there are uh, forge holds that will sell a bunch of stuff to the enforcers and the GCPS and they'll work with hysterians and other ones that are very like, you know, not leave us alone. We, we will leave you alone. There's other ones that are more expansionistic. It's, it's kind of cool how there's that there's room to play in. If you want to make your own, you know, forge hold, you have an ability to create a cool narrative that fits within the world without, without having to go to extravagant lengths to explain everything and just go, oh, yeah, cool. That's, that's already in the lore. You can just tweak it a little bit to make it your own and have a good time. And then the last lore point that I'd like to touch on is that I think they have really cool names for everything. I, I really like the the kind of Nordic sounding stuff, but just, I don't know. I just love all the names of all the units. Like you get stern hammers and hailstorms and storm rage veterans, just really cool sounding units, which uh, I don't think every unit is I don't think every faction has quite as cool units. It's like, oh, these are rangers. And you're like, oh, that's, that's neat. These guys are, <laughs> these guys are, you know, just awesome, awesome names. And that's just one thing I love about like sci-fi. I love reading um, the names of stuff. Like, uh, oh, you have great weapons. Okay, I have a twin hailstorm auto cannon. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, I, 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 it, sci-fi just hits that different itch. You know. Yeah. And that's why I completely agree with you. I love that a lot in Firefight. And I think uh, not only is Firefight second edition, the the sci-fi skirmish game I always wanted. And I always call, I've created this, like I call him Santa Ronnie. You know, Santa Ronnie uh, brings to me things that I love every year. Not only is this game, the, the, the sci-fi skirmish game or squad-based game I always wanted, I actually think the lore and world of the Warpath universe is so cool. And I think as the Kings of War world is being more robustly filled out, I think the Warpath universe is a great example of the awesome universes Mantic can create once they have the time to do it. I just love the lore in Warpath. It's just the general, not just with Forge Fathers, but just in general. I think it's such a cool universe. Yeah, yeah. and it's it's just ripe for, for lots of storytelling. And, and there's a lot of freedom within that universe to kind of make your own faction really work in your mind in your head cannon. i think it's really neat really well thought out if you guys haven't done it already please download the free rule uh background lore pdf on the manic website for warpath universe it's it's fantastic i'm a big fan of sci-fi in general and i honestly think as far as world building and lore goes generally it's it's one of the best books out there just kind of like here's the universe here's what's going on and it just it just flows Fantastic. It's great. So before we get into the specifics, we have a lot of great questions from our audience, uh, one of which was, and we'll be answering these as throughout the, the cast, but Brian Novick asked us, is it better to go mixed arms 
are focused on heavy firepower. What do you guys think in general when you're kind of explaining Forge Fathers to other people? Can it do a little bit of both mixed arms? Is it better if you just goes all the super heavy stuff? Is it one of those factions that has a lot of like different builds you can do? Or, or, or what are your thoughts if someone was asking like kind of where do I start with Forge Fathers? What would you recommend to them? Yeah, I think Kyle and I already kind of touched on it a little bit, but they do kind of have a tool for every job. So if you want to do combined arms, they have a thing that can fill each role. So like Kyle was saying, you, you have the heavy firepower tank stuff, but you've also got, you know, faster units that can be. Um, quick in and out. They can also be hand to hand. So I think Forge Fathers do it all really well. I think in general, as a game, Firefight doesn't encourage gun lines too strongly, just because there's a lot of objective based things. Um, and so you can't be a completely static, boring gun line. But if you're going to do a gun line, <clears throat> if you're going to do a gun line, I think Forge Fathers can do it better than pretty much anybody else. All that being said, I think. I think a, a little mix of everything is going to be your best bet. I feel like you can't build a list that doesn't have any hand-to-hand -hand or any short-range kind of shooting. And so I feel like the overall approach to the army should be a pretty well-balanced one. And I think that they do it well. So where they do struggle is that everything's expensive. And so you can only fit so many things in. And then I think they struggle a little bit in command. But we'll get into that a little bit later. Okay. So that's kind of what I think on that one. I, I'm curious if Kyle feels the same. Yeah, I mean, you every point i was gonna think too it's um you can find yourself spending too much on too many cool things and generally the list does tend towards shooting more than close combat but you can't you can't build you, you build a skew list you get skew results is my philosophy with every game and i think more so in firefight you need that reactive close combat element and you need to to play every aspect of the game to get every aspect out of it otherwise you're you're going to run into somebody who's who's going to it's going to take your Forge Father lunch, and uh, everyone knows dwarves love sandwiches, and you can't give up your dwarf sandwich. Mm -hmm. And I like that. I like that. Like you build a skew list, you get skew results, right? Which is some matchups you're going to crush, and some matchups you're going to be crushed. Whereas I'm I've always been of your mindset, Kyle, which is if you bring bring a list that in any matchup you have a chance to win. Not that you are going to win or you are going to lose, but bring something that you have a fighting chance in whatever sort of matchup you're placed in yeah okay awesome so uh if many of you have listened to the army reviews that that i produce and i think it's a great thing about counter charges when we're doing army or faction reviews each host has a little bit different flavor of how they do reviews i like to do reviews more around um looking at unit slots so like for example for forge fathers we're going to take a look at troops first and instead of going over every single troop and reading all of the all of the stats per se, we're going to talk more about themes. We'll talk about what works, what doesn't work, things that stand out. Uh, I just think that's a little bit more interesting than than going over absolutely every little thing. So let's start there. Let's start with troops first. So in troops, we have a few options, right? We have some cheaper options. We have some more expensive options let's start first with chris thomas asked us an interesting question and this was a, a question that also we got from the general gaddafi hey bud say hi to page for us and a couple other people they were curious about what what our thoughts were on the brockers so the brockers are one of our more inexpensive troops the base cost is 80 points uh you know 612 speed uh, they shoot on fives assault on fours armor five they pretty much come with with uh, 
kind of a hybrid unit, I would say. Not really a shooting unit, yeah. but not really a close combat unit, right? They come with burst pistols, range 12, two dice, forge hammers, two dice, AP1. They got blaze away. You can you can give them bomb bots or ex- excavator robots. But it seems kind of like they're a little bit of a hybrid. You can do whatever you want, uh, a, a cheaper entry. What do you guys think about Brockers? I think they're... They're an assault unit that has decent shooting as well. Is I I I would lean away from saying they're much they're like a pure hybrid unit. Is like they're an assault unit with hybrid shooting. Is a, I would how I explain them because they have a the one thing that Forge Fathers lack in the list overall is weight of dice or shooting especially. This is one of the few units that has a two dice attack per model. Uh, it's a short range and has no AP. Uh, but if you need to clear out zombies or something like that, like this is a good hybrid hybrid assault unit that can shoot first to clear thin stuff out and then come into assault or you deploy them somewhere and their shooting is enough to deter things while they have counter charge to sit in a building or somewhere else uh, and still threaten things in close combat. Yeah. I, I need to actually play with these guys a bit more. I, I have like one unit painted up. I have one that's kind of on the shelf that I need to probably finish painting up, but I think they do work better in, in a little bit higher numbers. Again, they, they struggle a little bit in the fact that they do a little bit of everything, and then I feel like their points cost is a little bit higher yeah. than you might want it to be. Just because, you know, if you compare that to something that's like a dedicated close combat unit, like a Beerman Stalker or something, those things are dirt cheap, and they do similar role, just not as well. So, like, they can't shoot as well, and they don't have AP, but they're way cheaper. So, they kind of fall in a, in a spot that it seems like... They're just slightly expensive just because they can do both. And so you end up paying for both. And, you know, it's kind of a, a time old thing to say in, in a faction review. I feel like every single Kings one has something like that where it's like, yeah, this this army or this this unit entry can do a little bit of everything. And then you kind of end up paying for it. Yeah. And I'm interested, you know, they're a little different. But when I'm looking at the list and, and looking at, you know, kind of comparing them to Thorgrim, which is another one of our sort of fighty units that has shooting. So Thorgrim is 90 points, right? So you're paying 10 more points. And for that, your assault, you hit, you're hit, you're assaulting on threes, right? You're, you're picking up one armor. Your Hailstorm pistol is one dice instead of two dice, but it does have an AP, right? So you're changing down that one dice to pick up a, an AP, and you still have an assault weapon, but you're picking up a heavy forge hammer, which is two dice AP2 over two dice AP1, but and also anti-tank. I mean, this seems like a good choice for that type of unit that maybe if you want to go in a little bit more into fighting, I mean, it is more expensive by 10 points, but what is your guys' thoughts on Thorgrim and how, to, how they sort of compare to the Brocker? I have them in every list. I have a squad of five in every list because they just, they're problem solvers in close combat. Uh, and they specialize a bit more in close combat than the uh, Brockers do. They don't have the drones. Like the drones for the Brockers are pretty great. They they do a lot. Like the bomb bot with three dice, AP3, and a tank close combat is, is nothing to sniff at. But Thorgrim are just a, that bit tougher. They hit a bit better in close combat with threes, which is pretty rare in the game. Yeah, I, I feel like Thorgrim are just a little bit more reliable. And I feel like you kind of have to build a list around Brocker to really make him work. You know, because I, I do think that this is probably a good time to talk about the Chief Brocker because he works so well with the regular Brocker. But basically, he's got a command aura that can give them an increase to their speed to make them 615 and then gain unflinching. 
So that does make them significantly better than their just base unit entry, the Brocker. But yeah. if you just want like consistent, reliable, they can do it on their own. I think Thorgrim with the extra AP and then hitting on threes is just, it's so devastating. It basically just hits anything and it hits it really hard. I mean, anything that's even pretty high armor with the AP2 means that they're going to do work to it. Yeah, and that was one question uh, 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 the general asked is when he was looking at, at Brocker is uh, talking about like which command would work best with them. And that is something that like, like you said, doing a Brocker list probably would be the way to go if you do wanted to use them just because their commander, you know, we all know, right? Some commanders are like, uh, like, yeah. what have you done for me lately? But I feel <laughs> like we as a faction have a lot of good command choices uh with some great um orders but i think the brocker especially would be one that you know there's probably a theme brocker list in there somewhere that is is heavy brockers right especially they've just released the cool the the bikers uh models which have come out which are so cool and uh yeah exactly so i think there probably is a brocker list in there somewhere yeah, yeah uh, definitely. You just have to go into it with the mindset of like, I really like Brockers. I want to crank them out. And then I think they are pretty effective. I know, like, like I also with the weight of dice thing, you don't get a whole lot of that in Forge Fathers. And then these guys can actually kind of do it. So it is a kind of fun play style. And then with that aura affecting their their speed, which is, you know, slower than a lot of other factions, putting them into that 15 range for charging really does make them a pretty scary unit, I think. And then other troops, I think probably, I mean, I think we got to talk about it, right? It's really the, the bread and butter. I mean, we, we, you, you can do militia, right? And the one interesting about militia, it's 110 points, which is more, which is the most expensive base troop point we have, but that is giving you 10 bodies right off the bat, right? 10 yep. bodies with a hailstorm rifle, assault weapon. So just, you know, they, they shoot on fives, assault on fives. So nothing fancy here. It's just, I need bodies. But when I look at this unit, I just look at the Steel Warriors for 100 points. And granted, they they get to more, you know, they're not going to be 100 points by the time you, you end yeah. up giving them Thor Hammer missile launchers. But what are your guys' thoughts on Militia? Militia are actually the very first Mantic models I ever saw. And I really, really loved them. So they, these are the... OG original Warpath, you know, back when King's First Edition was coming out, these guys came along with it. So they're they're the base of their body is the same as the Kings of War dwarf. Uh, and I just, for whatever reason, I absolutely loved just the the style of the helmets, the way their guns looked, and you know, they they are admittedly not the greatest models now by today's standards, but they are the ones that got me into Mantic games in the first place, so I gotta give them a shout out. In terms of being able to still use those models, I think that's awesome, and I really do like the Militia unit. I feel like in pretty much any other army, you would love to have this this unit, and it, it often gets slept on because it doesn't do all the cool flashy stuff that all the other units can do. This is just your basic, I'm gonna go stand on this objective, I'm gonna shoot some stuff, and I'm gonna do it alright. You know, they shoot on a 5-up, which, you know, that's hitting 50% of your shots, which <clears throat> that's not a bad thing. They can also do the blaze away thing, which means that they can, you know, hit some of those higher volumes if, if they're starting to take a lot of cover penalties and stuff like that. And I think they're a pretty solid little unit entry. They're, you know, nothing special, but that's kind of their whole point. 
And I like the fact that they come in a unit of 10. That's neat. Only thing I have to add to that is that they have also have Headstrong. So they kind of have like that standard basic troop stat line, but with Headstrong. So they'll be more reliable of being able to move around and do what they need to do throughout the game. Yeah, and we should probably mention that Headstrong is pretty much universal on almost everything in this uh, army. And basically, Even our vehicles have Headstrong. That's yeah. how Headstrong we are. <laughs> and so the way Headstrong in, in this game works is that if you take a pin marker, you can roll a 5-up uh, for that unit. And then if you roll up a, a 5 or higher, you get to just shake it off and just act as normal. And then if it's 4 or less, you still have to like clear out the pin marker with one of your short actions and then use the other short action. So... Um, it's, it's not when you take a pin, it's when you activate the unit and it's pinned. Right, right. Yeah, so basically, yeah. this is to offset the fact that you don't have a whole ton of command. Um, yeah, because you and, don't have those command points to clear them, right? You, right. You're having to rely on other other means. So you are kind of putting it up to chance a little bit, but the fact that you have a sort of insurance policy of like, oh, I'm never completely 100% pinned, I might be able to shake this off, kind of factors into your 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 faction dice economy in your head. Uh, and so you don't have to necessarily keep a bunch of dice for the end of the round for, oh, God, I need to get all this stuff unpinned, you know. So it, it is kind of interesting in that way. And I think it works well with the faction be- because they have so few command dice compared to other um, factions. I, I think it, it does kind of work. But, yeah, it's not the most reliable thing. Let's let's be honest. Yeah. And I did, you know, and to mention also the the, the Thor Grimm and the Brocker also have counter charge so it's like i would be, <laughs> I would be hasten to not mention that you're contractually obligated to say i am i am contractually i just made five cents so <laughs> if i had a nickel <laughs> yeah if i had a nickel i'd have whatever episode this is going to be 595 times five nickels <laughs> take me to a casino <laughs> those nickel slots we're going to the slots boys <laughs> yeah oh yeah and i think militia also would be a really great opportunity if you're if you're really into doing conversions you know this unit could be cool for doing lots of little you know you could probably make this unit very character characterful yeah you can always go like the <laughs> Like regular Steel Warrior body, if you don't have the classic model, so you have regular Steel Warrior bodies and get like buff arms that are unarmored and like cool third party heads or something like that. So like that's why they're not armor six is because they're too yoked because they're mining dwarves. So they just put on the regular body armor and are running around. <laughs> All right, guys. So I I'm curious about the Steel Warriors. So obviously this is one of the more complex unit entries. Yeah. So how do you guys like to kit them out? Because I feel like they can get extremely expensive extremely quickly, or you can try to keep them as small squads, but I don't know if I necessarily like that. So I'm curious how you guys like to take them. Um, let's say you're doing a 1,500-point game or something. Yeah, and the Steel Warriors, just uh, stat-wise, you know, they got speed 612. They shoot on fours, which is great. Assault on fives. Armor six, which is great. You know, one hit point, four, four plus nerve. They can come with a hailstorm pistol. Uh, the the leader does or forge hammer. Or now we know we can switch that out right with the with the fact yeah. they can come. The basic guys come with the Mark II hailstorm rifle, which is range eighteen, one dice AP one. But you do have some really great options. You can get them the dragon breath flamer, which is a range twelve two dice. It burns, which I love. You can get them the hailstorm auto cannon. And then the flamer is 10 points. The auto cannon is 15 points. Auto cannons range 18, two dice, AP one pinning. Or you can get the Molnir missile launcher, which I always say does not shoot missiles. It shoots Thor's hammers. 
which is range 36, <laughs> two dice, AP4, anti-tank, anti-aircraft, targeting, targeting systems. But why don't you rift on um, Tyler's questions, Kyle? Uh, I think this is probably one of the bread and butter units of the army. How do you like to kit these guys? Uh, so I, in my 1,500-point list, I have two squads of steel warriors. One's a full 10-man, two missile launchers. And with that missile launcher having the uh, controlled fire, I think is the correct? Yeah, targeting controlled fire. Systems. Oh, targeting system. That's what, what it is. is. Yeah. So they have targeting systems so they can shoot a separate target from the rest of the units. I always give the, the Steel Warrior leader the regular rifle. So it's eight shots from that unit, AP1, on hitting on fours. And then you have another four shots with the missile launchers uh, with no negative hitting flyers. It's anti-tank. It's AP4. It's 36-inch range. So a lot of times that big unit is one of my last activations uh, early rounds because I want to hide them and make sure they're safe. And they pop out and dump on somebody while the missiles shoot something important. And, if, and that's kind of like my my anvil unit that sits in the center of my army is doing a lot of damage and can take a lot of damage at the same time. But firefight's a bloody game, so you can't just leave them in the open and willy-nilly say, shoot me, because people don't like getting hit in the face with uh, Thor's hammer missile launchers, so uh, they'll do something about it if you give them an opportunity. And then I have another small five-man squad that is four rifles and then a Hailstorm autocannon. And normally that goes in my uh, troop chance with the APC, the Drakkar APC uh, with another unit. And that kind of is like a problem solver frontline unit. They'll jump out and shoot up something, suppress something, hold objectives up forward. Uh, though I have been thinking of finding some points to make them storm rage veterans. We'll get to that later uh, and my thoughts on that. But so you, uh, that's kind of the two opposites. I don't think the flamer is worthwhile on them. What is nice about Steel Warriors is they get to have two special weapons, which is rare for troop choices. Yeah, I was going to say, that's kind of what separates them from a lot of yeah. other factions, and is that their their basic dudes can take up to two special weapons. Per unit, right? So instead yeah. of just having one guy in a unit be armed with a special weapon, you can get, in a Steel Warrior squad, two of your guys can be armed with special weapons. Yeah, uh, but I think if you're going to go Flamers, I think you would instead just get a uh, Riker uh, troop unit, because they come with four Flamers. And it's a, a discount, basically, compared to the Steel Warriors. Uh, so that's kind of one of your ways to get more dice into the army, is each one of those guys is two dice, so you're shooting. And, it's just, and the, to go on the Rikers real quick, it's the same profile as the Steel Warriors. The only difference is four of the guys have flamers, which are two dice. Uh, and then the leader has uh, a forge hammer and a pistol. If I'm being completely honest with myself, I think that's our weakest uh, entry in the troops, is the, the Riker squad. I love them thematically and i love my models for them so i end up taking them more often than i you know if i was optimally playing than i probably would uh just because having four flamers doesn't really give you much more benefit than having one uh based on the it burns rule so it doesn't yeah. really help a whole lot but it's just awesome looking and awesome thematically so uh yeah i don't know they're, they're not the greatest i i do like your your rundown of the steel warriors though i think if you're trying to play optimally or trying to get the most effectiveness out of each unit, I think running the double missile launcher as nasty as it is, that's that's probably your best bet because you kind of want to double down on the fact that you're able to split fire. I've tried running full squads with one hailstorm and one missile launcher, and I find that both of them don't quite do as much as I want them to. The hailstorm autocannon is another thing that 
you kind of want to only take one because if you take two in the same squad, you don't really benefit from the pinning thing. It's not like the missile launcher that you can target other units. You're stuck shooting the same unit as the unit that you're already using. So while it does boost up your your unit to, to help a little bit, like paying for it twice doesn't actually help you very much. Unless you're facing a lot of snipers, I suppose. But if you're facing a lot of snipers, you're probably screwed anyways. <laughs> and also, too, model-wise, the models for these guys are so cool. They, to me, are the epitome um, of armored space dwarves. You know, yeah. I just love these guys, model-wise. You know, Britton asks us a question, and I think this is something that, you know, we've already heard about a little bit, people's thoughts on the Enforcer bombers. But, you know, uh, Britton asked us a question. Are these, are Forge Fathers, Forge Fathers, Forge, I said this too, God. I, I keep thinking of Gold Member. Fadja. No, Fadja. Fadja. I said this in the episode, Robin, I did the Fadja. other day. Yeah, uh, they're, they're the Forge Fadjas. The Dwarf um, Hater. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> they, they love gold. Uh, it's uh, not too for- far off. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Okay. It's pretty, pretty the close. Forge Fadjas. Okay, there's a meme page. You got to do yeah. Forge, Forge Fadjas. I've already, I've already got the uh, the Photoshop in my head. Yeah. Our uh, <laughs> um, uh, Britain wonders if their Forge Fathers are Filth Fathers. What do we think about? Is the missile launcher so good, or is the other options not good enough that make you just want to take the missile launcher over the other options? Why not both? <laughs> yeah, I, I like Kyle's approach in terms of taking one unit with with the auto cannon and then one, or at least one unit with the missile launchers. And yeah, the missile launcher is definitely really powerful. And then we'll talk about it when we get to the the veterans, but. It just blows the other options out of the water, unfortunately. Yeah. So I, I do think uh, it is a little bit of filth fathers. I'm not gonna lie, a little little bit of filth fathers. And 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 the the strongest thing here is that this is like a basic troop unit that can threaten flyers. Which you know, if you're if you're struggling against flyers, like you know, in your plague or something, you there's very very limited options that you have in terms of effective ways to deal with it. And Forge Fathers just don't have that problem. They're they're like, well, bring it on. We've got a lot of anti-aircraft. We've got good shots. We don't have to stress too much. So, yeah, with the huge forty hit and AP one, like you, with the regular rifles, is still scary to most flyers. You won't pin them with without the anti-tank or anti-air, but they also brought that too. So <laughs> you can with with some orders and stuff like that, you can reasonably take down a lot of flyers in one round. And I think that not only is the missile launcher great just because it's great, it does have that anti-aircraft. And one of the things in the game that's maybe too good are the bombers, right? So you have something that is inherently good, but it's also good against something that is maybe too good in the meta. Our uh, our Nick Williams would say is definitely definitely too good. Yeah. Uh, let's he pack it out. Strong comments. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I love Nick. He also, you know, yeah, he's very yeah. passionate in what he believes. Which yeah. is more power to you. So, I mean, does that make the missile launcher even that much more where you want to have it in? Is because not only is it good against anything, but it's also good against the boogeyman. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And and you know, speaking of the boogeyman, the the thing that a lot of factions struggle with is that if you take something that's dedicated anti aircraft you're kind of spending the points knowing that you have to deal with the anti-aircraft things. But this one can do it all. This can hit other tanks. This can hit tanky units. It can do it all. So it's it's just a really good option, and you don't have to spend a, too, too many points on it. It even is good at clearing infantry because it's two dice each each weapon. Right? So yeah. <laughs> it's got weight of dice, too. <laughs> yeah. And, and we'll, talk, we'll talk later about commanders, but a couple, I think, of our, our command 
faction orders. Like we have for the Forge Star, right? That will give a unit weight of fire two. We have Precision Optics, which is an aura, which gives marksman and weight of fire one. So we have a lot of commands that really work with weapons that have multiple dice. So I think that a lot of the faction orders really work well with yeah. the the missile launcher weapon profile. Would you guys say that? Yeah. Yeah. You you save the you roll the the dice for the missile launcher first, right? The same, different colored dice. And they get priority for weight of fire, and then everything else gets marksman. And if you hit with all your your missiles, fantastic. Use weight of fire for the uh, hailstorm rifles. Otherwise, I will say one thing before we move on: when you guys build your uh, steel warrior bodies, one of the legs, and even on the manic box, it kind of it kind of looks like a guy's running. But for me, it always looked like he's about to fall over. Like <laughs> he, he drank too much mead, and he's like stumbling. Uh-huh. Um, you can actually. If you you can use the legs and have like the heel and toe touching the base uh, of what it's being on, and it looks kind of like more of like a dwarven run walk kind of pose. Yeah, I, I normally give that to like my hailstorm, like the heavy auto cannon guys, and it just looks like he's calmly Terminator walking through, just mowing people down. So if you don't like that forward toe forward thing you can just kind of have a heel toe yeah. uh look it's a very small contact point so you have to make sure um you get the right uh angle and stuff like that uh, it's a bit it's a bit but that is i know exactly the one you're talking about it's yeah. like he's doing like a like one of those jig dances back yeah. and forth, <laughs> yeah. you know <laughs> and it is a little awkward well cool i think so so troops wise you know we have some choices you can go um Brockers, if you're wanting to do a Brocker theme list, if you want something cheap in bodies, you can grab Militia. You got, you got the Thorgrim if you want uh, a little bit more uh, pu- punchy punch in your face. You know, you Steel Warriors are great. You know, for uh, it's it's like uh, the Steel Warriors are the missile launcher delivery system. You know, so like you said, I feel like in the troops section we do have uh, we have some variety to choose from. Well, awesome. Let's let's touch base on specialists, and I want to start. You know, uh, Billy Capgun asks us a question, and I think this is an interesting one because I absolutely love, 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 love the, well, the, the one of the first things I ever bought when when I was uh, a little eight year old Jeremy. Because the first models I ever bought, Kyle, were squats. Yeah, that yeah, was my first thing I ever yeah. bought. Billy asks us, "Are Forge Guard really all bad? They're toughish on unit strength too." And I just love the Forge Guard models. So let's start in the specialist section with Forge Guard. So Forge Guard are like super heavy armored, speed six nine. They shoot on fours, assault on fives. They have armor seven, which is amazing. Two hit points, which is also good. Three plus nerve, uh, height two, unit strength two, which is nice. They get controlled fire, headstrong, and resilient one, which is great. They come with default loadout, uh, a hailstorm rifle, so your standard. 18-inch range, one dice, AP2. A forge hammer, uh, two dice, AP1. They have blaze away. And then you can pop in, if you want, a hailstorm autocannon, which is range 18, two dice, AP1, and pinning. Comes with four guys. You can add uh, up to three more if you want. Uh, what do we think? And, and and they start off at 130 points. What are your guys' thoughts on the Forge Guard? I love this unit, but as we get later on the specialist, the Hammer Fist Drop Troopers are my favorites. So I often end up having to drop the Forge Guard to fit those guys in. But they're, I I take the leader version of this all the time, just because it's it is 
super tough to deal with. The one thing I don't like about them is their lack of firepower. They're a super tough unit, but they shoot just as well as a regular Steel Warrior squad. And they have the benefits of being good in close combat too. They're not amazing, but they're they're solid. Uh, so it's kind of like a jack-of-all-trades unit that's extra tough. So if you want something that does that, I think, if you again, it's almost like Brockers, where if you lean into a list with a lot of Forge Guard, there are ores and abilities that benefit that. But just taking one, like taking one with a missile launcher and three guys just kind of sitting somewhere is expensive, but also you put them in a building, they're going to do stuff and they're going to be hard to, to, to ferret out. But if you have other things that do that, they're not a requirement in the army, but I wouldn't say you're, you're bad for taking it. Yeah, I mean, the, the fact that they that they have the unit strength too really does help. Uh, these guys are really hard to shake. Don't forget the resilient. If you're playing these guys, don't forget to make your opponent roll the resilient. That will make a huge difference in their survivability. The armor seven basically lets them not have to worry about little, you know, small arms. They, you got to dedicate something kind of nasty to, to take these guys out. So uh, obviously the drawbacks are, yeah, exactly. They're not a big like firing platform type unit. And they're also slow. Six, nine is really, really slow, <laughs> but thematically and model wise, these are arguably my favorite models in yeah. all of. Warcraft. They're just so like, cool. They're, they're, they're so unbelievably cool that they make my list no matter what. I just think, uh-huh aesthetically they are my favorite unit and not just for forge fathers i mean maybe in all of warpath like and that's saying a lot so they're they're way up there on my list of like favorite looking unit and so it's not like they're bad at what they do they're just expensive and you know they're not a super offensive unit but i i that's okay with me like hard hardcore defense objective holding you know come and get it kind of thing because you don't want to charge them because they'll beat your face in with with two dice ap1 and then they can just stand there and and shrug off stuff with resilience so i I think they're a good unit probably not the best in terms of like value but i don't really care (laughs) so let's touch base you mentioned it let's touch base on their leader option uh the forge guard huskarl so uh the main thing with that you know controlled fire headstrong inspiring you can get him a couple of bodyguards with as most leaders you can comes with the uh, orange uh command dice his or his command is a life support aura which each friendly forge guard forge guard huskarl or forge or forge lord unit within 12 inches gains regeneration six so speak a little bit more to kyle why do you love this commander so much well, if if you one if you look at the points with his two friends added, it's the same points as a Forge Guard unit with one less guy, but you're getting one one more HP on the leader. So fun, you're paying the same points for one less hit point, basically than the Forge Guard unit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the biggest thing is, it's a super tough command unit that has the orange die, and yeah. almost uh, if, unless you're taking a Forge Lord, everything else in the army leader wise is one black die. So. He's really important to give you that better die whilst being able to stick around for a long time. The people, most people kind of look at him and go, I'm not going to mess with that unit. It's too tough for me to take out. And there's so many other options for them to shoot down. You're going to have that orange dice for most of the game. Yeah, I think that's an important point. And that's probably the biggest detractor from the, the base unit, like the specialist unit, is that this guy kind of does everything that that does, except 
you get the orange dice out of it. So that's mm-hmm. it's massive. So that's kind of where the the uh, when you're looking at those two, it's just so tempting to just take the commander with his bodyguard and have you know one less guy, but it's netting you so much more, so much more utility. Yeah. Right. And then I'd also be curious to see how a like kind of skewy heavy forge guard list would look. You know, where you do take the units and you do try to crank out the life support aura. Yeah, it's just I don't love the fact that you have to spend a dice to see if maybe you get a point back. Like with the regeneration yeah. six plus, it's like you're you're guaranteed spending the command dice, but you're not guaranteed getting the result. So I don't know. Yeah, it's not for- not the greatest command order, but it would be kind of fun to see a whole table of forge guard. It kind of forces your hand, like if you want to use that aura to like invest a lot in very expensive, very low model count units to maybe get a chance to heal one or bring one back at half health, which is meh. So I, I don't even use his aura. Uh, I used it like once or twice, like when I first started playtesting and 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 yeah. getting into the game. Yeah, and I was exactly. like, yeah, no, he's here for the orange die and to not die. That's his job. His, yeah. his command die goes to other orders. And Elliot Morris asked like, which, which commanders do we love in the army? And to me, this is one of the ones I love the most because not only is he getting me that orange dice, like you said, it's one less body, but it's allowing me to make sure that I'm getting something good from models that I love, that I have to have in the list. I have to have forge guard in the list somewhere. Yeah, I, have to. I mean, also, if you if you have a full unit of Forge Guard and then you drop the Faringer Overcomes faction order where you get to boost their dice up, you know, yeah. plus one, like that's all of a sudden now they are a pretty good shooting unit with a pretty good amount of dice. So yeah, it's twelve. It's dice. not like they're it's not like they're unplayable. You know, it's no, not like no, no. it's not like you're taking them just because they look cool and it's like oh, it's such a tax. Like they're still a very high quality unit and they don't die, which is awesome. And again, I think you look at what are, and and this is another thing I love. I think enforcers are sort of like this way too, right? Is a lot of our orders are all really good. I feel like the four forge fathers have a really nice selection of, of custom orders. Yeah, it's the thing. It's the thing you want. You increase your shooting. Uh, yeah. A really good assault ability with Tis but a scratch that you can boost for even better results. And then the one thing that Forge Fires kind of lacked throughout the list is weight of dice. So you can just go, all right, spend two command points. Everyone, every hailstorm rifle doubles its dice. Right, um, but this this is where that orange dice on the Forge Guard, yeah, is Carl so important because if you don't have enough to throw at. You know, spending two command dice on the Faringer overcomes, then you're really struggling. So he, he's he's a pretty important uh, unit, I think. Yeah, go, going back to like the the leaders of command that I take every list I have, it starts if I'm taking any leaders, it's going to be Forge Guard Huskarl, Steel Warrior Huskarl, and the reason why I love the Steel Warrior Huskarl so much is because of his order. Precision Optics for two is fantastic with a, a unit an army that likes to shoot like Forge uh, Fathers does, that aura of way to fire one and marksman for everyone within, I think it's 12 inches, uh, nine inches. Nine still inches. it's, yeah. you put him in a V I, I don't really have him inside of the, uh, uh, Brander urban assault vehicle. So he's hanging out there. So that gives him a bit bigger of an aura. He's very protected because you're not getting through that thing. Uh, and just everyone's getting rerolls on their shooting. So he's there to anchor my shooting line while everything else goes forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, the black die is nice. I mean, it's better than nothing, but it's that's pretty mediocre as far as command dice go. But his aura is is something I use every round. 
All right, so I know you mentioned them earlier. Uh, Kyle, why don't you gush about the hammer fist drop troopers for a second? Oh yeah, let's. Oh, I can. I, I from first first hand uh, <laughs> first hand uh, uh, proof. These guys have melted my face on more than one occasion. Well, I I, I can also vouch against Kyle for that. Yeah, yeah so. <laughs> both you guys. So he's and dead zone and firefight. Yeah, dead zone and firefight. He's just a hammer fist drop trooper. Oh, and and these guys, uh, uh, they shoot on fours, assault on fives, armor six, uh, hit point uh, one hit point four plus nerve. So kind of standard Forge Father stats, but they come with the Inferno drill, range 12, two dice, AP2, anti-tank, and then the uh, Forge Hammer assault. But what these guys have, they have area deployment, anti-grab, and headstrong. So you can do some really nasty stuff with these guys, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, my, my my gimmick with them is uh, I want that to be the last unit I drop with the area deployment. So I can kind of basically get a double activation of they drop down, they melt something with their Inferno drills. Which they, ne- which they will. Which they will, yeah. It. It's 10 dice AP2 with anti-tank. If you can get something, an order on them too, if you get a, a um, leader unit close enough, like they'll really melt something. But even without the benefit, there's, like you can put them in a place where the, your opponent won't get cover unless they're inside of something because of the aero deployment, and they will melt something. Whatever it is, it's 10 dice AP2. Do you like to just keep the unit at 5? Yeah, I keep it at 5. Just keep it simple at 5. I'm... Okay. I'm not against like bumping it up to six sometimes if you have extra points to float around, but I don't think a 10 man unit is so expensive. Yeah, it seems kind of waiting outside. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So five is enough. If five, yeah, at ten, it's two. It's it's two hundred and thirty points, which yeah. <laughs> is, is not <laughs> a lot. small amount of points. <laughs> now, I will say this: I respect anybody who does that, <laughs> and he will go make somebody have a bad day. But <laughs> you're gonna be. Uh, almost a quarter of your army at <laughs> 1500 points is not going to be on the board for a while. So uh, if you make it work, fantastic. But yeah, so they come down, they inferno drill something to death. Next round, um, and often I drop them somewhere where all their units have been activated at least, so they can't react to them. And normally, Forge Fathers will go first the next round because they'll be finished first most times. Uh, so next round, I now have the option of do I want to go into combat? Do I want to shoot and then go into combat? Do I want to move them somewhere? Like they, they it's such a, uh, like it's like a knight in chess. Like you have so many options you can do with them to solve problems. And and forge fires in general aren't the fastest army, so that's one of our elements we have to make up for our lack of speed. And it's just deadly. And they look super cool. I love the models. It's the forge guard body, and the, the, the kit comes. Yeah, it comes with a big jetpack, and then the heads are uh, the heads and shoulder pads are different than the forge guard, but the base body is. Forge guard. So in a way, I'm taking a bunch of forge guard too. <laughs> that is that is an important thing to note, though, is the fact that they have the same bodies as the forge guard, but they have different stats. So they yeah. they do not have the same armor level. They do not have the same speed. So just keep that in mind. So like, if you're building it and, you, and your opponent drops them in there, don't assume like, oh crap, now I have a defense seven thing in the back of my army tearing me up. Like, no, they're they're still armor six, so it's not like they're slouches, but they're not forge guard in terms of like, you know, they might look like it, but they're not exactly the same. Now, if I if I need to do anything or say anything to anybody to make them have forge guard stats while still being hammerfist drop troopers, I will do what is ever necessary. <laughs> the star you, you, whatever another you, wing, you wing. Would be fine with that yeah, another wing. I will do <laughs> what I need to do. All right, I'm just, I'm just saying. <laughs> another happy change. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, you mentioned it a little bit earlier, Kyle, so I'd like you to continue. Um, you know, this is a unit I haven't looked too much closely at, which is the Storm Rage Veteran. 
So okay. these guys shoot in assault on fours, armor six. Uh, their default loadout, you know, they come with the hailstorm rifle. They come with assault weaponry. But what you can give them is you can give them the, and it's a weapon we haven't talked about yet, the magma cannon, which is 36 range, 20 points, two dice, AP2 anti-tank, which is hard because it's 20 points. And I just think about, yeah, right, right. I think about, okay, let's look at the magma cannon, 20 points, range 36, two dice, AP2, anti-tank. Let's look at my old buddy, my main man, Mjolnir. That was called an alliteration because I used three three words in in a row (laughs) that start with the letter M just just for uh, uh, you writers out there. But it's range 36, two dice, AP4, anti-tank, anti-aircraft targeting systems but yeah, what, what and, we... and the rc knows that this is not yeah. balanced uh It'll so th- this will be a this will be fixed eventually in the next book but right now there's just literally no reason to take a magma cannon over uh yeah and this is more air. about the magma can the, the magma the magma cannon just not being good enough i think as opposed to may, maybe there's both the magma cannon is maybe not good enough and maybe the missile launchers maybe a smidge too good but you in looking at those two, those two weapon profiles side by side, to me, that's a big, like, whoa, whoa there, Tex. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they're I th- stepping on each other's toes, and one of them's clearly got a bigger foot. <laughs> like, I it's, think like, it's comparing it to other similar stuff like that, I think, and I haven't quite looked that deep, but if you drop the magma cannon down five points and you put the missile launcher up five points, I think that makes it, um, you know, more... Okay, that make more sense. Choice, right? Like, do I just specialize in a tank for ten points cheaper, or do I get all the benefits? But I'm basically paying sixty six percent more for those benefits. So I I think it helps. But uh, the Stormrage veterans, if you look at them, they're ten more points than Steel Warriors. (laughs) They're specialists instead of troops, but for those ten points, your assault gets plus one, your nerve gets plus one, and then uh, you also gain control fire which is much better than uh, suppressive fire. So you can shoot with all your weapons with only minus one instead of just uh, blazing away with the stuff that has blaze away. I think the one problem that I, I kind of I keep running into with Storm Age veterans is it's five guys and four of them can take special weapons. And you're like, yeah, all the special weapons. But it's still just five guys who are armor six, one HP. Mm-hmm. So they're yeah, not exactly. extra resilient, but I think one thing I was thinking of is that five man steel warrior squad I have. If I have the unlocks, I can make them a storm range veterans. And because it's more of a frontline unit, I just give, I, I ignore the demons in my head and I just give them the one, you know, uh, auto cannon. That's it. Everyone else is normal. And that nerve is important. And that assault's important. And their blaze, the controlled fire is very important because if they get charged in like second or third round, they can still shoot before they get chewed up by evil plague things Rashad's throwing at me or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a really important point is that this is a very tempting unit. It's like the little devil on your shoulder. Who's like, take all the weapons, take yes. all the points. And then before you know it, you're at like 200 points for <laughs> yeah. a five man squad. And you're like, wait, yeah. what happened? <laughs> and you know, they're, Kind of like the the evil game Devastator, like Space Marine Devastators. It's kind of like that, but also, no, don't yeah. don't fall into that trap. It's it's a trap. If you get them, it's because you have the unlocks and you want the the benefits and nerve and controlled fire. And ten, for ten points, it's a it's a 
it's a good upgrade. That's that's yeah. A, a if nice you do that point. comparison, then absolutely, it's a very yeah. good. Just but don't just don't, don't go down the rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah. Like I want two magma cannons <laughs> and two missile launchers. This is going to be the most devastating unit ever. And then they get targeted off by one, you know, unit. Yeah, please. What what do we always say about firefight? Stuff dies, right? Yeah. Stuff in this game dies. So that's and looking at this unit, I I think you guys are making two really great points, which is, and it's it's something that we highlighted the Steel Warriors being so great about that the fact that they get to take two special weapons that when you come across a squad you're like i want to take as many special weapons as the squad rules wise allows me to do so i could see you just totally kidding this unit out and then being like yeah and then your opponent goes for first and goes i shoot that unit and then now they're dead and you're like no yeah so, exactly exactly Okay, so other choices that we have in the specialist role. What do you guys, you know, we've talked about the the uh, Brockers. What do we think about their the 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 Valkyr, which is sort of their special unit? They can take uh, twin Hellstorm rifles, assault weaponry. I know uh, um, Mantic just released awesome new cool biker models for these guys. Speed 12, 18. So there are uh, a fast option. Shoot on fives, assault on fives, armor five. So a little less armor. Two hit points though, nerve five plus. But it's something that you can, it comes with two default. You can add a couple. It does give us a speed option, right? A 12, 18 yeah. speed option with the twin uh, Hailstorm rifles range 18, but it's three dice AP1. And they do come with a little assault weapons. What are your guys' thoughts on the Brocker uh, Valkyr? This is another uh, mandatory unit in my list. You love it? I take I take at least one squad of two of these guys. Because between these guys and the Hammerfist Drop Troopers, this is my mobile elements, my army. Mm-hmm. And the Brockers at Brocker Valkyr is at 60 points for two guys with you know, basically four HP. And they're shooting out six dice at five. Like, it's... It's a decent little unit. They're not scary enough. People are going to want to commit to them. But if you can keep them out of line of sight and you can have them bully lesser units, they can capture objectives for you. They can hold down flanks. People running tunnelers, they can kind of zone out the tunnelers so they can't get to your juicy stuff. Uh, they just, they're a fast problem-solving unit. And I take at least one. And I want to take more. But, uh, you know, Forge Fighters have unlocked problems. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I think I think I want to get more bikes because right now I only have two two bikes, and so with the the release of the new ones, uh, I'd like to run a couple of units of these either as just two units of two or maybe a unit of three. I think those extra three shots can be really good if you can bump that that shooting up to nine. That's that's pretty cool. And then the fact that your that your low movement stat is twelve and your high one is eighteen, they are very quick. I mean that is. You know, that's nothing to shake a stick at. If you if you can move twelve and then shoot, like that's that's a big threat range. So yeah, um, I think it's a really high quality unit. I think they're really cool looking too, which helps. Um, you know, they're just super cool biker dudes. They got big old beards and goggles on, and they're just high speed, lots of shots. Gotta love it. Yeah, I know Mark Zelinsky was mentioning me the other day, and he had asked that question about what we thought about the Valkyrie, and he loves these models. And I think they're really cool. And, you know, one of the other reasons what I love so much about Firefight is it is an objective-based, scenario-based game. So having, and in those type of situations, having at least one speed element keeps your opponent honest. So I think this is, this what I love about this unit most is it is some, you know, three dice ap1 you get a couple all of a sudden you have six nine nine dice ap1 is is not bad 
and but also it's that 1218 which is so good so in in a similar vein we have the halter half track so it's similar but different obviously this is a uh, a little bit bigger of a unit so it's kind of like a weird tricycle thing uh <laughs> that, that zooms around it's got armor seven this one shoots on a four up though and then it fights on the five if you ever find yourself fighting with it i guess uh this has four hp it's height four and it's 70 points and it comes with two dice which is my big problem with it is i feel like you're paying for this little mini tank thing and it just doesn't have the firepower that you want it's got the survivability with four armor and you know or with four hit points and and armor seven i just I don't really love the the unit entry for this. I, I know some people out there really like it. I just can't get on board, really. And this is one of the few models I don't own, and I don't really feel like I need to. You know what I mean? Yeah. I always thought it was weird that it was like a tricycle half track. Like it, it, like I like the shape of the hull, but like having that little wheel in front was was weird. Uh, but yeah, the same thing. It, it lacks the firepower. Yeah. yeah you, I wonder if this will. I wonder if this would be better because it can take a, a, a magma cannon, right? The magma cannon that makes us snooze. I wonder if, you know, if the magma cannon gets better, would this become a better option? Because it can take a magma cannon instead of a auto cannon. Uh, it'd be hard to tell. It's, it's what Maybe. other changes happen. Do you need, do all of a sudden, do we need that anti-tank dice? Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's... And it didn't, didn't Tyler used to have like a little like trailer it could take for transport capacity? Yeah, it got released with the Kickstarter. I okay. again, I don't own this model, so yeah, it had this weird, yeah. <laughs> like truly funny looking like trailer, like like what your grandpa takes up to the mountains on vacation, like trailer that hooked onto the back, like like with a hinge, like it was it was weird looking. Uh, if we got that option back, that would be kind of a fun, like you know, a in a way a better APC than the APC we have. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, It'd but be we don't have that <laughs> thing ish, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. I just. This is the most meh unit, I think, in the Forge Father. So Rob Berman asked us, like, uh, you know, most underrated or overrated unit. Or I kind of think of that, too, as the, as the most exciting and sort of most meh, meh unit. So this for you guys is a sort of like, like, yeah, uh, yeah. It's, yeah, it's I just the can't last see one it working. I, I, just <laughs> I just can't see it working. It just doesn't have the firepower and doesn't really do anything that other units don't do better. It's just... Mm-hmm so in the middle and so like C minus D plus area that I'm just sure. like, meh. I guess the only thing it could be benefit if you want to do a meme list and you just flood the board with these. <laughs> it, it, it is enough like hit points and armor where like it's kind of hard to deal with. And you have six of them. Like that's enough firepower, I guess. And you just use a bunch of cheap unlocks. And you do kind of like, oh, I see your, your vermin, huh? I I raise you all the brockers and all the half tracks. <laughs> but like if you compare but, it to yeah. the to the APC, if you compare it one to one, it does essentially nothing better. Like it's uh, it's just it, not it has good. pinning. And I guess <laughs> that's it. And it loses capacity for it. <laughs> yeah, it has it has pinning and it moves three inches faster when it sprints, but like and has one more, one more HP, which I don't like the the APC model wise is like twice as big. But the half track has more HP. <laughs> I'm sure that's for balance reasons, but like I just don't like the the half track at all. And yeah. I wish I I wish I did a little bit, but mm, nah, skip this one. But I was gonna say the last thing we have to talk about is the artificers, which I I like the models for. I don't actually have these guys. I like them in dead zone because I think they're 
really customizable and they're extremely customizable in firefight. However, I feel like they're kind of a trap unit that, that gets a ton of points sunk into it. And then you end up using almost none of it. So I'm, I'm curious, uh, what your thoughts are on the artificers. Well, I think it's, it's in a way, if you, if you compare them to the brockers, like they're better brockers, um, the and they have they have controlled fire and counter charge and hacker and headstrong and then a similar shoot and uh assault stats the weird thing for me is that there's six up armor which makes sense you look at the models like they're like you know the um uh steel warrior kind of armor on them but they have two hit points for some reason and that's always like bothered me just from a head cannon thing i'm like why these guys aren't bigger than anybody else they're the same sweet dwarf as everybody else is well they're kind of like cyborgy a little bit like they got uh, they just have a they just have an arm on, in the back you know? they don't like they have well, i guess that's them, true yeah, yeah, yeah they just have they just the regular hands and stuff they're not like there's no cyborg part to them besides like the cool backpack they have so like why are they one step below toughness of a forge guard it, while the you know drop troopers are using the body of a forge guard right with jetpacks on it they have one hit point but artificers have two. And I think that's one of the things that's kind of deceptive about them is, yeah, it's only three models, but they're each two hit points. So if you look at it, 60 points for these guys compared to 80 points for a squad of Brockers, and they have more hit points than that squad of Brockers does. Now their damage output's lower because it's only three models instead of five. And I, I definitely think it's a trap to start giving them all the upgrades and stuff. But as far as a local, you know, backline kind of counter unit you can't go uh, like you know having a small squad of these guys isn't bad because they're surprisingly tough and they have all the keywords yeah they're definitely not bad i think the i think the reason i view it as so much of a trap is because if you buy these models and you're going to use them for dead zone you already have all that stuff attached to them like you're not gonna you're not gonna buy this this unit of of models and then not model up the cool power claw welding laser stuff you know you just gotta be an idiot like me who spends way too much time magnetizing all the arms on their back oh god oh geez yeah. it was <laughs> it's very small magnets it works you can do it Jeez. but yeah, I, it's you uh, are the the true forge father it's uh yeah i don't know about it's that not the easiest magnet 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 job i'll say that but and, then, and then overall just i wish i wish hacker was a little bit more important I, I yeah. feel like what is hacker? Take, be, us, take us through what hacker does. Basically, you get bonus points on certain objectives, but the the scenario has to specifically say that like hackers can do this. Uh, so like, it's a, it could be it's going to be a situational buff based. On yeah, if yeah, if yeah, it was yeah. a little bit more consistent, then I could really see hacker becoming like a a powerful like reason to take a unit. But as at the current point in the game, I just don't feel like it's quite there. And so I was like, oh, yay, they have Hacker, instead of like, oh, they have Hacker, you know? Yeah. Eh. So this is the other kind of meh unit for me. Like, they're they're okay. If you're going to do, like, a, a big-time, like, Brocker-themed list, like, you're, you're taking out all the Steel Warriors, doing no Forge Guard, like, these guys are pretty cool. Well, I'm not going to lie. They're, they're pretty cool. But outside of that, mm, meh. Anything else in, that we want to touch on uh, in, in sort of the, the specialist choice before we move on? Take nah, let's get Drop Troopers. <laughs> do not and, and, and jeremy tells you do not take hammer first uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, drop troopers take please. them in firefight take them in dead zone take them all the time <laughs> oh my god they just melt face 
oh, I remember the, just the first time I'm playing and I'm doing okay against Kyle and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do And he's like, okay, I'm going <laughs> to take these. And I was like, oh, I was like this, like like a little kid with a lollipop. What do those do, Papa Kyle? <laughs> he's like, you know, he's like. Let me uh, show uh, you, little man. Yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. Uh, uh, you're going to learn today. So <laughs> Your uh, models are all just ash and dust. Uh, you're like, oh, that's yeah, what they do. Yeah. And your models are dust. Okay, cool. Well, we're going to take a break. And on the other side, we're going to come back and we're going to cover support choices and command. We will be right back. Hey, this is Mike Rossi, fourth Mike on the Unplugged Radio podcast, Dash 28 contributor, giant nobody, Oscar the Grouch lookalike, and you're listening to Countercharge. Hi, this is Rob Berman, and you're listening to Countercharge. And we are back. And now we get the cover, which is probably one of my favorite selection of units in the in the uh, forge father's army which are the support choices so i want to start and getting your guys opinion with we got a bunch of questions around tanks or iron ancestors so let, let, let's start there let's start sort of with that when you really think about support you think about like the big juicy stuff so let's start with iron ancestors so we have a couple of choices, right, with Iron Ancestors. It's essentially like our big dreadnought e sort of dude. Yeah. 612 speed, they shoot on fours, assault on fives, armor eight, which is amazing. Also, they have controlled fire, headstrong, heavy armor, which is great. Four hit points, four nerve. The, the basic loadout is a twin hailstorm autocannon, rage 18, four dice, AP1 pinning. And then the Forge Hammer, Assault, 4 Dice, AP2. But we have a whole bunch of different uh, patterns. We have the Doomstorm pattern, which swaps in double twin Hailstorm autocannons, which is range 18. So this is a little less range, right? But six dice, so more dice. You get the, um, you can opt in the Heller Mall pattern, which is the twin Magma Cannon which is range 36, three dice, AP3 anti-tank. So we're getting a little bit better version of that magma cannon. Uh, also, you can pick up a flamer and then the assault weapons. Or you can just go the Thor, which gives you the twin forge hammers, assault, eight dice, AP2 with frenzy two, which is just the go and uh, uh, beat in your face. But let's first start off with just what your guys' thoughts are on the basic Iron Ancestor, and then let's rift off on some of the patterned versions. I actually think that the basic Iron Ancestor with the twin Hailstorm autocannons and the Forge Hammer is, I think it's my favorite option, honestly. I think it's, uh, and that's it coming a little in bit at of everything. Yeah, yeah 120, that's coming points. 120 points. Yeah. But the fact that you get four dice in assault and you get four dice in the shooting and you're obviously a, ta- a walking tank is, is really good. I, I, I like, it's amazing how how good the the four dice uh, shooting can be because the the AP one is good, but the the real big thing here is that it's pinning. Um, I I really I don't think you can really necessarily go wrong with the Iron Ancestor. I think the Thor is probably the hardest one to use, the close combat one, just because you're you're not that fast. You're you're six twelve, so people can kind of avoid you. And um, but that being said, if you do get into combat, there's a very low chance that they're going to be able to fight you back very well. Uh, because unless you're a plague monster or something, you probably don't have the AP, you probably don't have the dice, and it's really hard to deal with something that high armor in your face. But yeah, I think the basic Iron Ancestor is is a great, great unit. Yeah, I, I take two, because this is one of my favorite units in the army. I, I love I love the Iron Ancestor, I love the model, it's super cool. I love how it's smaller than the the Striders and GCPS, 
which you know it's, it just seems more armored it seems more compact and like more militarized than the strider does which kind of seems like a all around like mech suit that's not just for fighting it's also for other things like this is just serious business dwarf stuff all right <laughs> and my favorite loadouts the hellermal pattern just because it, it gives you a bit more um dice to throw out there it this unit is all about being super defensive compared to other walker type units it's more expensive and you don't get a big boost in output what you do get is that the big boost in defensive abilities and the helmer kind of brings that back it's you have the flamer for it burns you have the anti-tank you don't have the targeting systems to do different targets so he's kind of that frontline guy just dumping everything into one unit and I kind of use my two Iron Ancestors as like a mobile screen. They're there to block my a- people from shooting my APC because AP- our APCs are so fragile and not that fast. And they kind of just slowly mark- march up to the enemy while hammering away. And then people will try and shoot at them and they go, oh, it takes way more dice to kill than I thought. And they've wasted those dice. Uh, but they can't. you also can't ignore it either because they will hurt you. Uh, and I just, I love the way they look. I love everything about iron ancestors it's super cool lore too yeah um yeah i think it's on page 45 of the force list book the, the little green box down there's all about iron ancestors and it's, they change the lore a little bit to yeah so it's not just like it's not only the old dudes who can't fight anymore like it's still old dudes but it's also guys who have just impressed a forge lord enough that he's like you know what you deserve an awesome battle suit and so you get to be an iron ancestor and they they say that it's like it's like another layer of skin. Like it's just super natural for for a forge guard or for, for a forge father to be in the Iron Ancestor suit, and I think that's really neat. And I like too, like the, is the old guys thing is like an older dwarf still retains their sharp eyesight and dexterity. It's just like if the other things of a battlefield are kind of past them. But it's like, hey, you're still pretty good, dude. Like w- go in this walking tank and kill everybody. It's like, got you. All right, let's do it. <laughs> Say no more. Like Sign he's still on. going to the community home and playing chess, keeping his mind yeah. right. You know, yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe his body slowed down a little bit, but yeah. he still, still crushes that gallery. <laughs> but instead of a instead of a trip out to the Walmart, he gets to get in an Iron Ancestor suit and beat some Exactly. Players. He's 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 not greeting anyone at the Forge Fathers Walmart, you know, yeah. all the <laughs> going in there to buy stuff. He's like, get me my suit. <laughs> the only thing that is kind of curious to me is that the large giant hammer that the uh, iron answer comes with in most of its loadouts doesn't have any tank yeah and that like, is kind of that strange kind of weird yeah like the when you smash <laughs> it. yeah it's basically like the thorgrim with their They're admittedly hammer. large hammers for them it's have any tank and ap2 and this giant hammer you know heat hammer on this walking tank is just ap2 uh it's a bit weird it's all yeah Everything else I love, fantastic. Sign me up. Put me inside one of these things. Uh-huh. I'll do what it, I'll do what I need to do to do that. <laughs> I selfishly, I also kind of wish the Doomstorm, the shooty variant, because you are swapping out yeah, for eight yet dice. another cannon. It should be eight yeah. dice, not six, yeah. right? Like, I agree. Because the Thor gets it when it doubles up its hammers, it gets eight dice. Yeah, exactly. So and uh, you're paying uh, the points you know. for it. You're paying ten more points. You should get the eight dice. I I think so too. Especially yeah, because you're only picking up two dice on the regular twin hailstorm. So if you have double, why is this is the second one shooting? The second one is like, oh, <laughs> in my day, I only shot one. If you look at the Brockers, they have two hailstorms on their bike, and they get triple dice. 
Yeah. <laughs> that, that, does, that does seem a little. Where's the through line here, RC? Rabble, rabble, rabble. You're going in the book. So we do have one more walker to talk about, and that is the Juggernaut. So this is not an Iron Ancestor, but this is the Artificer style walker for the Forge Fathers. Uh, this guy is going to be 612 on the movement. He shoots on a five. He's got the assault of a five. Armor seven, so not quite as tanky as the Iron Ancestor. He does have four HP and a nerve of four. Um, it is still unit strength two, which is something I don't think we really mentioned about the Iron Ancestor, but unit strength two on these is pretty neat. Um, and this guy gets a whole bunch of stuff. So he's got controlled fire, countercharge, headstrong, heavy armor, vehicle, and walker. Um, the basic loadout starts with the flamer at four dice, AP one, and it burns. And uh, comes the power drill, which is three dice and AP two. And then you can upgrade it for 10 points to make it a 36 inch range, three dice mining laser with AP five. And this is anti-tank and slow reload. Um, and then the power hammer that we're so used to, which is the four dice and the AP two. Um, what are your thoughts on the juggernaut? Jeremy, hit us. Um, well, I think it looks cool, and I love the idea of it, right? It's a, a, a cool model. You know, it's like it's like an open, uh, instead of enclosed, the guy's out, and he's got, like, all this awesome, you know, weaponry. And, um, I mean, it's 100 points, right? So it's slightly, slightly cheaper than the Iron Ancestor. Um, the mining laser is AP five, I guess, you know, it's one of the only things that in the army that we have that's AP five, it's three dice on AP five. So it's like, I always think of uh resident evil. It's the laser just, just will cut people, uh, cut people in half. <laughs> I mean, I could see taking this if you wanted to do, you know, just like, I want to take all the big walkers. Um, I think I'm tempted to just take an Iron Ancestor, but I don't know. I haven't really played much with the Juggernaut yet. What about you, Kyle? Um, I th I think in most cases, Iron Ancestor is a better choice than the Juggernaut. Yeah, that's what I was feeling. Uh, in Dead Zone, I think there's more of a play between like which one do you take. Uh, but the Juggernaut, like losing the four-up shoot and going to a five and losing the, that armor hurts a lot. And you're not well, quite unless making... you take the it burns, right? Because if you take the it burns, it doesn't matter. Yeah, that valid point. If you take the it burns, and I think that's the choice you do. If you want to take a juggernaut, you go with the cheaper version and the it burns, and you kind of play that midfield. If he had assault four up, I think this would be a really great, like, you know, do I take the iron ancestor for better shooting or do I take the juggernaut for close in shooting and close combat? You and it kind of goes back and forth, but since it's only a five up assault, um, I mean, it, it's still. A decent unit, but the that mining laser is great until you realize it has the uh, slow reload, so you can't move and shoot without a penalty. So if you move and shoot, you're at sixes, and if they have cover, now you're at sevens, and it's all of a sudden the, the firepower really drops off on that quickly. So I think you take the basic default loadout, you flame people to death, you drill well, them to just death. A, just a quick note: if you're if you have slow reload and you're a vehicle, um, you shoot as a short action, yeah. Oh, okay. So, like, it, normally, vehicles ignore that. Yeah, normally it's a oh, okay. well. Yeah, yeah. Normally it's a long action to shoot with the the keyword, so you wouldn't be able oh. to move at all. But this yeah, one, so you can move and shoot with the minus, the minus one. one yeah, which, yeah, okay. yeah, not not great. I yeah. think I think the dragon's maw with the power drill is definitely the way to go. Uh, this model 
looks awesome. Is so awesome. It yeah. is so epic. Uh, I, I magnetize mine so I can switch it between both of them. That's mostly for dead zones, but yeah, I just, I just love this model. So <laughs> this is another one where it's like, and 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 mine, um, it comes with like a little like front thing. So like you can either have it like uh, the third Matrix style, where the guy's like completely out in the open, or there's one that's kind of got a, a shield around him. I, I have the one that kind of has the shield, so he looks a little bit bulkier, and I just, God, the model's so cool. But I, I agree with you guys completely that I think you're probably better off taking the Iron Ancestor more times than not. But, I mean, come on, look at that model. Yeah, I think I would do, and looking at all the variations, I think I would do the shield, but leave the head exposed. Did you do the full shield and, and close the head on yours? Or? Well, no. So the head is always open, so you can always oh, okay. see. Oh, it. that's okay. I'm looking at it. It's like I'm, this is the and, back of the model, but yeah, yeah, I yeah. See what and you're and lore wise, there's supposed to be like a a force bubble shield over where his head is, so it's not like he can just get. Oh, so there, is it. he not just out in the open? Yeah, yeah. So lore wise, they did they did cover that. I forgot where, but I, I know for sure I read that where it's like there's a a bubble shield on his head. But yeah, um, yeah, it's just a, such a cool model that. Uh, you know. I, I love the open, like the detail and the open cockpit is fantastic. It's super cool. But I just, me personally, I hate having that big open area in like a combat game like this. Like so I have my chest piece on, but I'm, I, I left it off to paint just because I know I want to paint all that stuff inside, even though nobody look at it just because it looks super cool. Oh, yeah, see, absolutely. you're a man after my own heart. You, yeah. gotta paint. you must paint everything on a model, even if I know it's not painted, so I must. You know, yeah. <laughs> same, same. Okay, so, so guys, we, let's uh, before we get into tanks, I think we should talk about the weapons platforms. So we've okay. got the heavy inferno drill, which is the one that comes with the Brocker kit. If you're wondering, it's that little uh, mining laser guy. Um, but it's a heavy inferno drill, so it's the same thing that the forge or that the uh, Hammerfist drop trooper guys carry, except this is the beefier version. So this is that range 36, uh, three dice AP5 anti-tank weapon. So this is just a nutcracker of a weapon. Um, this shoots on a four up, and it is pretty straightforward. What you see is what you get. It's a 70 point range three or range 36, three dice AP5 anti-tank gun. What do you guys think of it? Uh, it's a it's a good support and a tank weapon for cheap, right? Like you can keep it in the backfield, it has the range, and it's there to be annoying. Like it's going to kill stuff and damage tanks pretty well, but it's also cheap enough where if they put effort into killing it with this long range stuff, your other things are more able to do things. So I think it, it's not a bad pick at all if you need that extra and a tank weaponry. Yeah, what I love most about it is its points. You know, in an RV list, that a lot of our stuff is expensive. I think that I do like that at 70 points, if you have an extra 70 points, maybe instead of adding a guy or two to different squads, you pick, you pick up an Inferno drill is like a nice support piece. Yeah. With AP five, you're wounding most things in the game on twos. Yeah. The only issue I see with this is that the, the Jotun weapon platform kind of steps on its toes a bit. Cause I think it does it better. Yeah. But that's, so, it's a point increase for that. Though. You're getting th- it is. 30, it's 30 points more to get a better gun, but it is 30 points more. So I think True. I like that that play between the two of do you want the really heavy hitting anti tank weaponry or do you just need a little bit to supplement what what else you already have and you have those two options? Yeah, absolutely. So the the Jotun is is the other weapon platform, and so this guy uh, shoots on a four as well. But this one's armor six as opposed to armor five on the Inferno drill. 
uh, and it's three HP. So that that's the same. Um, it starts off at 80 points and it is a tracked vehicle, but it starts off with six dice AP two with the anti-aircraft pinning and slow reload of the quad heavy hailstorm cannon, which is a, a really cool name. Uh, 48 inch range. So you basically got the whole table to work with. And I actually really like this variant. Yeah. I, I like this one a lot. Um, uh, over the heavy magma cannon, which Kyle alluded to just a second ago, it's, it's a 20 point upgrade and it's four dice at AP six. So this is your, your highest AP. Um, and it's anti-tank and slow reload, but it's a big weapons platform. So it's probably not moving anywhere anyways. Um, I like the quad hailstorm cannon on this thing because I just feel like it's a pretty good bargain. You get six dice at AP two for 80 points and that's anti-aircraft. So in addition to all the missile launchers, you're inevitably going to take, you have this thing as well. So you have anti-aircraft covered kind of throughout your entire army. Yeah. And with the pinning too, I mean, like it, this is kind of like your, your dice monster. If you need things to take care of hordes and, vehicles and other lightly armored stuff like it's six dice ap2 it's going to uh, pick up the the dice you're missing from your other units in the army yeah and i feel like this one too is like uh would be not fully but to me also w- what i'm playing against or this might be a meta choice type weapon which is how important is the anti-aircraft like do you really need to get it more anti-aircraft in there but yeah. six dice at ap2 is not a small i mean six dice is a, is a fair amount of dice yeah, um, I think the anti-aircraft is kind of just like a cherry on top. The fact that you get the six dice of AP two on any target that you can think of because it's forty-eight inch range. Like, but if you're, you're playing against ar- heavy armor all the time too, I mean, I could see a place for the 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 heavy magma cannon. But like Kyle said, you then you're all of a sudden you're at a hundred points, which is a hundred points is no longer. Hey, I have an extra points. What can I can I drop in a heavy inferno drill? A hundred points now is a choice you are making to keep to put this in your army. And too, what's nice about the quad cannon, like Tyler mentioned earlier, with the uh, missile launchers, it does multiple roles. You're not just committing to anti aircraft. You're not just committing to high dice. It gives you a, a lot of ways to deal with a lot of different types of units. So it's a great all around uh, model. Yeah, I think AP2 is good, just anti-infantry too, anti-basic infantry, right? Maybe it's not going to help you as much on like, you know, super hard stuff, but all your, you know, GCPS or all that sort of stuff that has armor, you know, armor five, you know, armor five or armor six, that AP2 is going to make a huge difference against those. Yeah, enforcers don't want to see this thing, you know. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's a really quality unit. And then, you know, a lot of these weapons can also be mounted on the tank, like, chassis. And so I think it's time to talk about some tanks. Who wants, yeah. to, take Who wants to take us through the stern hammer? Um, the main battle I'll, tank. I'll do the tanks. It's my, it's my turn to talk about unit profiles. <laughs> uh, so the stern hammer battle tank it shoots on a four, assaults on a five. Pretty standard uh, dwarf stat line. Its speed is six nine, so pretty slow, but... It's heavily armored with armor nine, which is the highest in the game as a base stat line, five hit points, uh, nerve of a four up and two unit strength. It's got controlled fire, headstrong, heavy armored track vehicle, all the things you'd expect. It's 150 points. So it's a big chunk of points. Uh, it comes with the same quad uh, hailstorm cannon as the platform does same stats across the board. And then it has a decent assault characteristics with two dice AP1. And if you want to spend the points for 20 more points, 170 points, 
Same thing with the heavy magma cannon as the weapons platform, AP6, uh, so reload. Uh, so really it's one of those things where you have the option between do you want to save points with the weapon platform or do you want something that is very hard to kill and will be around for a while with the uh, battle tank? And you, you have that dynamic to play with. And you also do the why not both option too. And you get a, you get you get one extra unit strength, I guess, maybe. Yeah, that, you get extra unit that. strength and, and way more armor. So if you want to play close more to your, mobility your units. Too. You're, you're going to be moving this thing more than you're going to be moving the artillery guy. Yeah, yeah. So it gives you the option to move around and be closer to the front lines. With that platform, you want that in the back. You don't want to be screwed around near but things can kill it. Whereas this guy says, bring it on. I am armor yeah. nine. I don't yeah, care. shoot me, bro. Yeah, come at me, bro. <laughs> I have heavy armor, armor nine. Like you gotta That's crazy. You have to have something really dedicated to crack a Sternhammer battle tank. And that's yep. kind of the whole appeal. Um what I've done in the past is I've run a artillery platform with the quad gun, and then I ran the stern hammer with the magma cannon. And I, I thought it worked pretty well, because it, it just provides enough dice that you can still shoot targets that aren't necessarily tanks, yeah. but you can really mess up other people's tanks. So um, this is the daddy of tanks, and I, I just think, you know, if you're going to play Forge Fathers, you probably want a big giant tank anyways. So <laughs> this is oh, I mean, idea. the model is amazing. I also like it with the heavy magma. Uh, I, I just, it, it gives us, it would give your, so in your list one, you know, if you're playing smaller points or whatever, and some of the other magma cannon options aren't as great. Here's your AP six choice and armor nine and heavy armor. And to remind people, heavy armor is when, any successful damages are re-rolled unless you have anti-tank and you have to roll a five on that re-roll. So this is a type of unit that if your opponent has not kitted something in their list to deal with, they will not kill it, right? If they don't have yeah, anti-tank, no right? If, if they haven't built a well, and this is why we always preach on countercharge, build well-rounded, balanced lists that can deal with everything. This is the type of unit that if your opponent does not have a tool to deal with it's going to march up the field and and block out space and and sit on objectives and shoot you or whatever and your opponent won't be able to you know it's just going to bounce the bullets will bounce off it yeah and even if you get lucky you're not going to get lucky five times for the the hp of five on this thing oh no yeah. maybe you get one or two wounds through by by rolling eights with ap1 and then rolling fives again and then but no yeah, and it's, it's it ain't happening. <laughs> and it's an awesome giant tank that you can put big giant guns on. I mean, what more to me, like what more can you want? And it's like a, a, a sh we don't have bombers or flyers, right? So this is a centerpiece model in the list, yeah. I think. Uh, so something big as far as like a modeling paint perspective. I know in my 1500 point list and my Depticon list, I don't have one, but I know in my bigger list, I'm definitely going to have at least one stern hammer. And I really love the way the Mac McKinnon looks, just aesthetically. Yeah. The one that goes on the top of this, it just looks super cool. It's got it like looks like it's and, Yeah, it just <laughs> it looks like it's going to melt your face, and that's exactly what it does. Uh, oh, oh, my riff on the Sturmhammer is, you. so you like the Sturmhammer. Let me show you its way cooler cousin from out of town. The Brander Urban Assault Vehicle. Right. <laughs> <laughs> this is I, I love the Sturmhammer model. But I use I have other things in my army to take care of the anti tank and anti flyer roll. But I still want that sweet mod, like that sweet tank model. 
So even in the first edition of Firefight, I always took the Urban Assault Vehicle because it's the same stat line as the Battle Tank, but it gains two uber cool things. One, defensible, so that big uh, dozer shield that comes with the model, this is what it's supposed to represent. So anything not in a tank, it counts as armor 10 against. Which is and insane. The, which is insane. I mean, that, yeah, is so just, that is insane. It gives you the bad touch. You don't bad touch it. And then it also has capacity five. So oftentimes I'll have my leader units inside of this vehicle completely immune to anything that wants to kill them as they give out auras and command dice and they can jump out when they need to. And this is just my mobile battle fortress. Have you ever played, uh, I think it was Command and Conquer Red Alert 2. The uh, One of the factions had like a mobile battle fortress you can put dudes in and it just became even better. This And it just runs around, does whatever it wants. It gives that... Uh, Steel Warrior Huskarl, it's it's a bigger aura to give your own ability. And then it also has the heavy Dragon Breath Flamer for four dice AP1 and a burn. So it still hurts people uh, shooting-wise. And then it's uh, Assault characters is even better with four dice AP2. So well, it, and, it and really important sense. really important to note is that this one is faster as well. It's, yes. uh, it's a 6-12 movement instead of the 6-9. And you'd be surprised how how important that can be when you're playing objectives. Like sometimes that, that extra three inches on the, on the sprint movement on that very first turn can make a big difference. So. Yeah. And also use it like, you know, with everyone has their mule bombs with assault units in it and they run up and I, I counter them with the urban assault vehicle bomb. You've got a bunch of Thorgrim in there, jump <laughs> out of that and smash you in the head. So dwarf style. Also, I think um, just from, the modeling perspective this is my favorite looking of the tanks i like that the gun is offset to the side it's not yeah. as symmetrical and then i really love the bulldozer thing in the front so yeah. this is uh this is actually my my favorite tank and this is my favorite one to bring i think it's a crazy good value it's, well, it's cheaper right yeah it's yeah. it's 20 points cheaper than the battle tank the base version of the battle tank i mean weapons wise you're getting the dragon breath flamer but you are getting the better assault Ram, it's ramming is better, right? It's yeah. four dice AP two as opposed to two dice AP one on the stern hammer. So you can just like push it forward. Yeah, you can't go too nuts with this. Like you, I don't think more than one in most lists is necessary because it does lack an offensive power, right? It's there to deliver things and protect things. So it's more of think of it that way. You you don't want to build an army out of these, but one of these to handle problems is perfect for me. What do you think about if you're playing high enough points to take a stern hammer and a assault vehicle both? Uh, yes. Yes. This is why you play bigger points. <laughs> okay. So, so points wise, if you have, if you have the support unlocks, you're not going to taking multiples of these tanks yeah. is not going to hamstring you. Basically. And, and, and think, same, same for all the support options, right? Yeah. Like we're talking about iron ancestors too. There's no reason you don't run a bunch of Iron Ancestors. I mean, that's know, what like. I love about like this list is, is and I found this in the and I know uh Tyler knows this. I found this in a lot of lists. The support category in most factions is like my favorite cat my favorite <laughs> unit type because it's all like the mech the mech walkers or the you know the tanks or it's like all the all the, the toys seem yeah. to be in the support category. Awesome. So we love Iron Ancestors. We love Jargons. I mean, pretty much, I feel yeah, like almost everything in this in this support, I, I don't feel like you could go wrong, really. It's like just flavor, like flavor to, flavor to taste is a lot of stuff in this category. Um, yeah, do whatever you feel in your heart. 
our model wise, I think this would be a good, it's a good category where since everything is pretty much pretty uh, competitive and playable, it's like, what, what model wise do you want to get in there? Yeah. What, what's your flavor and what does your list need? You have options. Well, cool. Okay. So we're wrapping it up. Let's talk a little bit about command. So some command, let's review what we've already talked about. So some command we've already gone over. We've gone over the forge guard Huskar all right. Yep. We've talked about its benefit over taking the forge guard unit. We've talked a little bit the steel uh, warrior Huskarl yep. and his uh, nice orders, uh, the precision optics. You know, we've talked about how he, he only gives you a black dice, and then the forge guard Huskarl gives you the orange. But any other of the other command choices uh, jump out at you guys? Oh, we we did also talk about the chief Brocker already too, and his that's right aura for mm-hmm. the Brockers. A, the one, the other thing I normally take to is the Master Artificer. Okay, uh, and I, I use him with this basic Artificers. Two of those, uh, he's kind of like one of my backline cl- uh, counter charge units because actually the, the amount of dice that uh, him and the Artificers put out is pretty good. And it's with two Artificers, you're looking at seven hit points for the command unit, which is high compared to other command units. And on top of that, his hammer and tongs ability is two dice uh, to heal a wound off a vehicle. So do you want your vehicle staying around forever? Bring a master artificer. Mm-hmm. Which that can be devastating, right? If your opponent didn't um, yeah. plan to deal with all your armor, eight armor, nine, and they yeah. finally do get wounds. And there's a four, there's the master artificer behind like repairing stuff as you're moving up the, up the board that it yeah. could be just devastating yeah it's sinking in more points towards your already fairly expensive vehicles but man your opponent has to try so hard to crack those battle tanks that when they finally do get a little bit going and then you just heal it back it's like so devastating so demoralizing it's it's good mm-hmm. so he's definitely a solid option I know, Kyle, you've ripped on the Forge Lord in the past. Yeah. Uh, you want to go ahead and rip on the Forge Lord real quick? He has a green die. That's the only benefit. Don't take him. <laughs> but uh, com- my biggest thing is when you compare him to the Forge Guard Huskarl, his biggest benefit is very inspiring, which is nice, but I, I, I rarely find myself outside of inspiring range unless it's something that's far on the other side of the board, and this is not going to help that. His stat line is the exact same as a Forge Guard Huskarl uh, in every aspect. The only difference is the very inspiring and a different command order, which is the Star Realm Endures. Even that one is, it's okay. It's everything within 12 inches counts as being in cover for shoot actions. But yeah. that's one of those yeah. things where if you just play better, right? You're going to be in yeah, cover. That's, like, well, that's like one of those, <laughs> that's one of those like learn to play bros. Like yeah. you should be maneuvering your stuff to be in cover anyway, ideally. Yeah. So I felt the same deal with that order that it's like, maybe it's good when you're first starting out and you don't want to stress about it. But yeah. to me, it's like, I would hope that all my stuff is in yeah. cover anyway. Also, Most of we're, we're forge guard. We're, we're forge fathers. We, we, we got armor for that anyways. You yeah. Know? yeah. We don't so worry about the cover. We don't need no stinking cover. <laughs> yeah. We, we got heavy armor. So you're paying 30 points to upgrade your die to a green die, which is green die is fantastic and get very inspiring. And that's it. And I don't, I don't think it's worth the points. Yeah. 30 points is a lot. So, and especially once you add in the other guys, it, it's an expensive unit for yeah, basically the same thing that the forge guard has Carlos better. And then we have um, uh, the last uh, guy we have to talk about is the Thorgrim Huskarl. 
And uh, same stat line as the other Thorgrims, two HPs, which I thought I thought that was pretty cool. Is that most of the command units for mostly armies, they have plus one HP compared to the other guys, makes them a little bit more special, but not so much where it's like other games where it's like you have a regular dude who's one hit point and you have like a special dude who he's just a commander with eight hit points. You're like, why is this guy eight times as tough? There's a little boost, but his yeah, he, he can afford a little bit better armor, you know, yeah. he's just a little bit fancier. His aura is fantastic. If you want that uh, close combat kind of army or you want a reactionary close combat element, his aura is 12 inches and everything gains blast D2 with assault weapons. It's not even... Oh, geez. It's not even like, <laughs> yeah, just like hammer weapons. It's like, are you an assault? Every one of your weapon, every one of your hits does two hits, or D2 hits. So you can, you can go nuts with it. Like, well, the Chief Brocker, you kind of have to build a Brocker list around. The Thorgrim Huskarl just goes with anything. If you want to just throw them in, get a cheap black die, and then have a, a, a good aura. So anytime you're assaulted, you're hitting back potentially twice as hard. Mm-hmm. It's it's a good unit to put in. Yeah, I think I think this guy unlocks a whole different kind of playstyle for Forge Fathers. I think yeah. if you if you do a Brocker kind of list, this guy fits in amazingly well. If you want to run stuff like the Thor pattern Iron Ancestor, like <laughs> eight dice D two hits, eight dice, and you have frenzy too. So the ones <laughs> that you miss are probably going to hit, and they're yeah. probably going to explode. Like, yeah, this guy unlocks a whole different style of just yeah. insanity that I think is really, really interesting. I imagine that guy instead of the Thor hammer pattern hitting down, he turns it like sideways and just goes like from left to right and hits the heads off the <laughs> yeah. entire unit. Yeah, he just has a quick spinning. Yeah. The whole unit. yeah, yeah, or the uh, the the spin on an axis, just yeah, exactly. You just helicopter. spinning, spin, hel- <laughs> helicopter just through your whole whole unit of uh, enforcers or whatever, just wrecking face. So yeah, I could I could totally see a really fun, really punchy Forge Father army. I don't know if it's necessarily the best in the world, but it would be really fun. Like yeah. you run a couple of these Huskarl guys, maybe a Chief Brocker. And then you're just running up and smacking stuff. Like uh, I think that'd be really, totally. really interesting. Awesome. So that wraps up all the different types of choices. So we're going to take a quick break. And on the other side, we're going to wrap up the show. And we're going to talk a little bit about possible lists, possible uh, list building strategies, and finish up the show. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Drew from King's Retreat. You're listening to Countercharge. This is Michael Sigler, host of the Kansas City GT. And you are listening to Countercharge. And we are back okay so we have three different lists for you guys to talk about at three different points levels i have a thousand point list tyler has a 1500 point list and then kyle has a 2000 point list so you can sort of see through three different points levels what you might take so i'm going to talk about my adepticon list i'm taking to adepticon so it's 986 it's a thousand point list but i'm at 986 so just one thing with this game, you can you can end up with just, you know, a little bit of odd points left over and nothing to spend on it. So I'm going to talk about my thousand point list. So in my thousand point list, I have one squad of 10 steel warriors, two with missile launchers. Uh, I have the steel warrior leader. I've switched over to the uh, regular hailstorm rifle. I have one squad of five steel warriors uh, with one missile launcher. And then I have one squad of six steel warriors with two missile launchers. So that will give me five missile launchers between those three squads. Uh, a nice little punch. I have two iron ancestors. I have one with the Hellermall pattern and one just vanilla. 
Uh, and then my two command options are my two command choices. I have a, the Steel Warrior Huskarl with uh, his buddy. And then I have a Forge Guard Huskarl with two Forge Guard. So it ends up being seven total units, three troops, two support, two, two command. You know, not a lot. I come, you know, with an extra orange and an extra black. So not crazy with uh, command dice. But basically, it's giving me a heavy armored stuff. I have I have missile launchers. I have iron ancestors. So I'm hoping at a thousand points, it's a, it's enough punch, but also enough defense that I can um, survive a little bit while I'm shooting stuff. And then at the bottom, it has trademark Kyle Timberlake because he helped me make this list. <laughs> Brought to you. You got to be like, uh, like uh, what? What is it in Zoolander? Mutat, but what? What? Whatever. You have to be like, uh, uh, you are just Kyle. Mugatu. Mugatu. You need like a fashion designer name and have to wear funky hats as you design people. Forge, Forge Fathers, Fathers by Kyle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. 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 Um, the Star Dragon Ascent. <laughs> by Kyle (laughs) (laughs) but that's my thousand points uh also too I wanted something that would be doable to put together in the time that I have and that uses iron ancestors because I just absolutely love those models so uh that's my thousand thousand point list that I'm taking to Adepticon yeah I think it sounds like a good mix of stuff uh I, I find a thousand points is pretty tough um just to get all the things that you want in there but and and honestly I think that's one of the Forge Fathers biggest weaknesses is that Low points is rough on Forge Fathers because everything yeah. seems to be pretty expensive. And so it's kinda kinda tough to squeeze it all in um just based on that. So uh but I think that, that finds a good balance between units that can do things and obviously you're spamming missile launchers, so you're doing something right. Uh, yeah, you know, as as Britain says, the filth fathers. So uh <laughs> you got you gotta do you gotta do what you gotta do. Okay, Tyler, take us through your list. All right. So like I told you guys earlier, I completed a ridiculous amount of Forge Fathers last year, which means I wanted to put all the toys on the table at the same time, which is obviously not possible. So this is a bit of a meme list, but I think it's pretty solid, actually. So this is uh, my Forge Fathers that is very, very Walker focused, just because I, I really wanted a list that got every one of my walkers on the table at the same time. And honestly, I don't think it's too bad. So uh, starting off, I need a bunch of unlocks. So I have Steel Warriors. I've got one unit that has fully maxed out. So I have all the dudes that I can take. So it's a full squad of 10, and then two of them have the missile launcher, as you do. I have a Steel Warrior unit that is, again, maxed out with dudes, uh, except this time I have two. No, I have one Hailstorm and one missile launcher in this one. So this is a pretty big one as well. I've got a very basic unit of Steel Warriors. This time they've just got the one Hailstorm autocannon, and it's only five guys, so clocking in at 115. I've got a group of the Riker, uh, and the intention with that is that they're going to go into the APC that I also have. And then I have two units of Militia. So that is a bunch of troops, and I'm sure you're thinking, where's all the fun stuff? Well, here we go. Uh, I've got... Three Iron Ancestors of all different flavors. So I've got one of the Hellermol, I've got one of the regular Iron Ancestor, and then I've got one Doomstorm. And then I've also been able to squeeze in a Juggernaut into this list with the Dragon's Maw and the Power Drill. 
And then I'm going to cap off this list with the Forge Guard Huskarl with two buddies, as you do for that orange dice. Um, admittedly, this is not the strongest list in the world, but it would be fun, and that's really all I wanted to bring. And that's a 1,500-point list? 1,500-point list. This is actually 1,495 because this game. So it's like, let me get all the bodies I can so that I can get as many walkers as possible. Yeah, exactly. I respect uh, that. Again, I don't think this is the best list ever, but I think it's extremely fun. And each walker being able to do a different role actually does mean that I, I threaten things in pretty every, pretty much every phase. Yeah. Um, between that and the and the missile launchers that are in here, you you do get some threat range in terms of you know hitting stuff that's maybe hard to reach or higher armor without necessarily dedicating a full walker to it. So it's it's not the worst list it's also kind of a meme list it's it's fun um it definitely lacks some command because i'm only rolling the three basic black dice and then the one orange dice so i'm not really relying on orders a whole lot uh but i'm relying on walkers so that's what i'm doing and you're sticking to it yes sir uh, no, I like it. I mean, I think it's, I love the, I mean, the walkers are like my favorite units. And I think that sometimes those lists can actually be effective, right? The meme list where you're like, I'll just take one of everything. Where on the, on the, on the surface, it's like, okay. But then it's like, you have the tools, right? And <laughs> firefight is an objective based game. So you got, well, and, and aesthetically, this is a, a lot of infantry. Um, yeah. You still get a, a tank presence because you have the apc model in there and then yeah four four different walkers so it's a cool little showcase of of what you can do you also get the the forge guard host carl guy so you, you get that that forge guard presence at least you know get to check that box of awesome stuff that makes a table and uh it it's honestly a list i've been wanting to, to try out because I've, I've tried out some more balanced lists and they're, they're really fun but i kind of want to kind of want to see what walkers can do you know mm-hmm. i do like how you're you're Threats are all dispersed. Like besides the ten men warrior squad, which if you only have one important unit to protect, it's you can play around that and, and do that pretty well. And everything else is like, okay, you dealt with this one iron ancestor. What about the other ones? You dealt with this, you know, unit. What about the you know, you you people can't just pick on one unit and destroy your list. You have stuff spread out. And yeah, well, and then respect. you know, with the with the Hellamural guy having the the dragon's breath, the juggernaut having the dragon's breath, and the Raycar having dragons or having uh, yeah. flamethrowers. It's a decent amount of it burns too. So if you can mess with people's activations, you know, even if you're not a huge drop number, you can actually do a pretty good amount of, yeah. of work with that. So uh, it is a list I do want to try. So that's that's my awesome. fifteen hundred. But now let's see what the big daddies play at. Mm-hmm. 2K. Yeah, we, we, 2K. We've gone over all like the Bush League list now. Yeah. Now we got to go to the big <laughs> serious leagues. business. Yeah, <laughs> serious, this list literally is called Dwarf Daddies. So yeah, <laughs> yeah it is. Uh, starting off with uh, same with Tyler with uh, a ten man Steel Warrior squad. Leader has the rifle and two uh, missile launchers because bringing the hammer down. Uh, next up is a five man Thorgrim squad, and then a five man Riker squad, and then a five man Brocker squad. And then a nine-man Brocker squad with Bombot drone, two APCs, uh, five-man Hammerfist drop troopers, uh, the best guys. Yeah, who would have seen that one coming? Oh yeah, what a surprise! Uh, Brocker Valkyrie squad with just two guys, uh, Storm Range veteran squad with one uh, Hailstorm auto cannon upgrade, and the leader has a rifle. Two Iron Ancestors, one base model, one Hellermal uh, model, the Brander Urban Assault Vehicle. A weapons platform, the Jotun weapons platform with the heavy uh, quad heavy cannon, 
a Steel Warrior Huskarl with one buddy to hang out with them, a Thorgrim Huskarl with two friends, a Forge Guard Huskarl with two friends, and a Master Artificer with two artificers with just a basic Burst Pistol Forge Hammer uh, loadout. And the idea with this army is I have 25 capacities spread between three vehicles to do what I need to do. And I have a lot of different units that fit in different combinations in all those. Um, most of the time, the Brandon Urban Assault Vehicle is going to have the Steer Warrior Huskarl and the Thorgrim Huskarl in there. That's one of the reasons why the Steer Warrior Huskarl only has one friend with them, is it fits that five capacity. And both of their auras coming out of that gives me a really good shooting line and a really good reactionary combat line. So if you come into my no-go zone, we're going to have some Forge Father fun with you. Your no-no square. Yeah, this is my no-no zone. You don't come here. Yeah. Show me the zone where the Forge Father touched you. Yeah. It's a a 12-inch bubble around the Brandon Urban Assault Vehicle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I have Master Artificer there to fix things up if I need to. Um, three black dice and one orange dice, which is kind of... which is low for 2000 points and is kind of low for 1500 points. We're going to be honest, but that's just how forge is going to work. You're going to have to really be uh, judicious with your use of your command dice and uh, hope your black dice roll a lot of sixes for those double. <laughs> and I just, it, I took all the cool stuff I like in forge fathers and uh, I think it still does pretty good. You have multiple anti-air options, multiple flamers, calls yeah, combat, it, it kind of does more... everything. A pretty good amount of balance. You got some speed yeah. elements too that are, you know, pretty pretty solid. I think the one the one lacking thing is long range anti tank for two thousand points. But I have a lot of anti tank across the board at all ranges. So I mean, if somebody if somebody were to bring like four stern hammer battle tanks, I'd have a problem. But I mean, at that point, just a dwarf versus dwarf. So dwarves win. So I win. Is how I look at that. Way. But I think everybody struggles if you bring four. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was that's a problem for everybody. Let's be honest. That's not. Uh... <laughs> All right, guys. So before we go, I'm curious what you think the overall faction strengths and weaknesses are of Forge Fathers. Jeremy, I'll start with you. What do you what do you see as as being things that we do well and things that we might not do so well? I think I'm going to go outside the box and just say from a model perspective, I love the range. And to me, that's always an important thing when I'm thinking about picking a faction. So for me, what one thing this army does well is that the the models are kick-ass so i love the range i think that it is a a really nice heavy armored option to good weapons you know you have a lot of really good choices and the one thing i like about uh heavy armored is that i feel like you could play this list and whereas uh, compared to astarians astarians if you don't uh manage your shields or your orders correctly Bob's your uncle, you're done, you lose all your stuff. I feel Forge Fathers is maybe, it's less models, but I think it might be a little bit more new player friendly in that your stuff is so tough. So I think it's a good list to just get in and start the game with. Like I think it's a good starting faction. Uh, But you have options to high caliber weapons, great armor. Uh, It's just like a really solid, very solid list, I think. What about you, Kyle? My th- my thing, I think the the strongest part of dwarves, um, the space dwarves. Sorry, <laughs> is one like they have between the uh, steel warriors and the Thorgrim. They have really great close combat and shooting troops, which you can build an army around. Um, so you don't have to burn your supporter specialist slots 
on long range firepower or good close combat units. So you can get the fun stuff that way. They're expensive, but there's ways to, to cut costs on things. And they just have an answer for everything. If you want to deal with something, there's a unit that deals with it. The it, like Jeremy said, the models are fantastic. Like, that's a copy into the army. I love I love the models, I love the whole range. And they're coming out with new cool stuff. So sign me up still. <laughs> uh, the one big negative I always keep running into with Forge Fathers is the command dice. This is seem to have less than every other list I make. And then when I play against people too, it's just they're they're lacking in the number of command dice. So you have to be aware of that. Yeah, definitely. I think to piggyback on weaknesses. So command dice is always kind of tough to get over. And then other weaknesses or bad matchups, I think, are things that require lots of dice to take out. So if you are playing against Assyrians that have a ton of shields, a lot of your shots are really high quality, and then you have to waste them on shooting shields. So that can be really tough or like really, really high unit or high model count armies can also be a bit of a struggle. Yeah. Um, luckily, we do have that that faction order that allows you to boost up how many dice you get to roll. But if you're going against like multiple plague, plague hordes or tons of veermen or something like that, it can be it can be kind of tough to overcome um, just the sheer numbers required to take out certain things. So um, I'd say those are the weaknesses. And then in terms of strengths, like we said, the models are awesome, and the fact that they're all viable except for you know maybe the halter means that. You know, it's hard to write a bad list. It's very new player friendly, like Jeremy said. And then it's just a really fun faction with just tons of choices. So I don't know what you guys are waiting for. Go play some Forge Fathers. Yeah. yeah. And just play play Firefight in general. It's an awesome game. If you're thinking about um, going to Adepticon, I think there's a few spots left in the Firefight tournament. I think as of the other day, there was maybe four or five spots. So sign up let's this is essentially in many ways this is like firefight's debut at adepticon because when you think about second edition firefight really feels like second first edition right it's the second edition of firefight but it's really much the first edition of this new game and adepticon's a great area and a great space to uh display new games to new people so if you're interested in going to adepticon sign up for for the the tournament and i don't know what you're gonna have to do if you're gonna have to do a photo shoot for rob kyle or you're gonna have to do something (laughs) you're gonna have to do something to make it up to him for uh for not being there this year a a, a thing was put on me i didn't even know was put on me until it was too late to uh fix it so yeah it's like uh, don't, put, don't put that on me, Ricky Bobby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't put that curse on me. <laughs> yeah. Well, awesome, fellas. That was super fun. I think for the next firefight faction review, we'll do the same thing. We'll put a poll out there, see what people want. I know um, Tyler and I will be going to Adepticon, and we're going to have the whole podcast set up at Adepticon. So we'll be recording some live uh, uh, live coverage from Adepticon. So we'll be doing um, Armada, Firefight. Really, our recording at Adepticon is going to be based around all the Mantic games. We're going to have the setup just in the Mantic room. So anyone walking by can sit down and we'll do some recording. So we'll keep you guys... We'll do a full tournament report on how uh, we do in the Firefight tournament um as far as shout outs kyle any any you got any shout outs or anything that you're really looking forward to on your radar uh server patrol i always love you guys surge and destroy always keep surging and destroying we just started the leagues kicked off yesterday 
I couldn't go because I was doing wrestling stuff. But if you're in Southern California, you want to play any kind of Mantic games, give Surge and Destroy a call. South Torrance Wrestling, let's do it again this year. And uh, I love you guys. What about you? What's up with uh, Dreadpath Zone, Tyler? You got any 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 battle reports in the works? Uh, not at the moment. We'll see if I can get my schedule lined up with Tim. <laughs> I never know. That's mm-hmm. that's why I try not to promise anything. But hopefully, we'll have something going. Um, like I said earlier, actually, I'll hopefully have already done this, but I'll just do a, a big Forge Father showcase to show off all my stuff because I'm really proud of it and I want to show it off. So um, that'll go really nicely with this review. Other than that, no. Keep an eye on Dreadpath Zone and come to Adepticon. Say what's up. Let's go. Let's play some games. So that's pretty much all I got. So stay tuned to Countercharge. We got a bunch of uh, uh, cool stuff. We're, we'll be continuing our road to Adepticon series all the way up to we are actually on the road to Adepticon. Uh, make sure the Clash tournament sold out immediately, but there's a big chance they can get more room once the waitlist fills up. So if you're at all interested, just get on the waitlist. And then even if you think you might go, because you can always just request a refund later down, make sure that once the details come out, you sign up for Mantic Night. Mantic Night is always a blast, and that will be a ticket that you have to buy through the Mantic website and not through Adepticon itself. So keep a lookout for that. Uh, Shout out to, I know Rashad has returned from Germany and is in the home stretch for preparing Riddle of Steel. So if you're at all interested in going to Riddle of Steel, like Kyle said, there might be a spot or two left. So reach out to Rashad or Brinton. They'll be doing the trifecta where it's really Riddle is really run by Rashad, Brinton, and Scott, where Scott, uh, they organize the location and the food. Rashad's the hype man, uh, scenario guy, and then Brinton's the day of uh, logistical czar. So it's really a fantastic tournament. Um, yeah, and then just uh, thanks for listening. As always, we'll be putting up that post on the Countercharge Facebook group about what next faction in Firefight you would like us to cover. So with that, Kyle, why don't you take us out? We'll see you next time. Remember, keep countercharging. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Countercharge. Please let us know what you thought of the show by emailing us at counterchargepodcast at gmail.com, on Twitter at countercharge15, or by commenting on the Countercharge Kings of War podcast Facebook group. If you enjoy the show, you can help others find out about it by leaving positive reviews on iTunes. Until next time, keep countercharging. Music is a composition of Kevin McLeod and is licensed under Creative Commons. 